Blog Talk Radio. Ready, set, Welcome to the Couch Potato Sports Show, your internet radio home for all sports news and talk. Join Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio, and the best co-host anyone can ask for, Cuervo. We cover it all from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, as well as indoor football and high school sports. So let's do this. Here's Sonny Clark. Thank <laughs> you. 
Johnny, I can barely understand you. I don't know if I should try calling back or or if there's something on your end. I'm not sure, but I can barely make out what you're saying, my friend. Hold on one second. I might be able to scroll out of Let's check. Hey, is this better, Cuervo? Do you got me there? I can hear you a little bit better now, Sonny. Yep. All right, all right, very good. Must be something wrong with the Internet and things of that sort. So I hopped off the Internet, went ahead and went to the backup plan uh, on the phone here uh, to get this one going here. So we're set. We're here. We're uh, all ready to go. Let's just do just because I like to hear it, we'll do it again by hitting this button. You didn't know. In case you didn't know. All right, it is Cuervo, the fine co-host of this program. How are you doing there, my friend Cuervo? Sonny, I'm doing good, my friend. How are you? I think you're lying. I think you're lying. You're not doing good. You you you, you haven't been sleeping for the last couple of nights. Um thinking about what has happened with your and this this is a quite interesting thing. I'm gonna let you take over, let everybody know what has transpired for your Chicago Bears as well as mine. I'm a I'm a Bear fan, um, but uh, uh, you know I don't know. Was it a big signing there, Cuervo, with your quarterback there now in Chicago? All right, Sonny. So, <laughs> and you're right. I've I've barely slept the past couple nights because I'm so excited. Well, what I'm about to tell the audience right now. Yeah. So, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, and you and you sign a guy like Mike Glennon, the great Mike Glennon, for uh-huh. a bargain, a bargain of fifteen million bucks a year. Just when you thought it could, couldn't get any better, Sonny, what did the Bears turn around? You mean worse? You couldn't get any they worse, got, you mean? They got no, no, no. It couldn't get any better. No, I'm oh, got serious. It. Ah, so, got it. Just when I thought it couldn't get better, they turn around and they sign the guy that is known as the Black Fumble himself, Mark <laughs> Sanchez. Oh, that so was terrible. Crazy knucklehead of terrible. When I heard that news, Sonny, I could not help myself. I tried oh. to pre-order. I tried to pre-order my Chicago Bears Mark Sanchez jersey, but they would not ah, yes. get me yet. Ah, and I couldn't. My. Not, and that kind of ruined my day. It ruined my day because I really, really want to get this Mark Sanchez jersey. 
And I hope I he goes back to number six. I hope he wears number six in Chicago so he can continue the legacy that Jay Cutler started with number six quarterbacks in Chicago. That, and there's nothing more I'd like to see than that legend continue to live through Mark Sanchez. I mean, I'm beyond myself. I cannot wait to see those two guys as my starting and backup quarterback for my Chicago Bears. I don't know. Are they? Is there somebody coming out in the next couple of years that they they just feel like they need to have in the draft? I you know I don't know. The, the fact that they find Glennon. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Okay, we talked about the mm-hmm. fact that this, uh, uh, the money that is being spent on this guy completely and utterly ridiculous, and, and it scares me as a Bears fan where the franchise is going. I mean. The direction of this franchise tells me that they are in a complete U-turn to go from bad to worse. And the simple fact is now you've got those two guys at the quarterback position. You're not going to get the guys that are in demand out in the free agency as well, Cuervo. Of course, that's almost all done in reality. But as far as the future is concerned, you've got Mike freaking Glennon and, you know, Mark, but fumble Sanchez, tell me one wide receiver who is squared up, ready to play this game, that will sign with this Bears franchise. It, there's something to be known about being a loser. And Mark Sanchez, sorry, he may have had two great years with, you know, Rex Ryan at the Jets, but after that, this guy is known as a loser. The butt fumble definitely made him more famous than the fact that, he made it into the AFC Championship games, uh, you know, the first two years of his career. Uh, you know, after that, this guy's known as, uh, you know, what he is, the butt fumbler himself. I mean, it, it's going to affect later on down the road on who signs with this football team, which means you will get those mediocre free agents that are out there just trying to find a job and to try to play professional football on the NFL level. Uh, yeah, and that, I mean, that's what it looks like the Bears are. It's just a destination for, you know, a guy that's, like, trying to finish his career. Mediocrity. Trying to, yeah, you know, I mean, you know, guys that, that they can't, nobody else wants to sign them. Let's just say, let's just call it what it is. But, you know, yes. kind of going back to your original question as far as a quarterback that, uh, that they're eyeing in the future, well, I think – well, I think I, everybody's eyeing this guy for, for those that don't have a quarterback. But, um, and, and it all depends if, if he decides he's going to declare after next season. And that's Sam Darnold from USC. Everybody fell in love with what this guy did at the Rose Bowl to come back and beat Penn State and things like that. Personally, I, to me right now, it's a little bit of fool's gold, as, as Tarvin likes to say, just because yes. I, I don't know. I have not seen enough of him. It's kind of like... Trubisky in the draft this year. You know, he's right. great in his one season that he played, but that's the thing. You've only got one season uh, of, of film that you can go off of, only one season of, of things that he's done. And, to, you know, is that really enough? If you're a GM, can you really honestly say, yeah, I've seen enough, I'm going to take this guy in the first round? Or are you like, uh I, I don't know. I don't think I've seen enough. I'm going to pass. Uh, and that's, that's 
that's how a lot of, that's where a lot of teams are at right now with this kid. And, and for Darnold, I mean, he, he, he's going to have a, a second year, uh, you know, by this time next year. The only thing is we don't know is he going to declare for the draft or is he going to go back a third year and, and maybe, you know, say, say, let's say USC gets into the playoffs, Sonny. They're the one of the top four teams, right? And right. They lose, they lose that playoff game. Or they win their playoff game, but then they lose the national championship. Guys like that sometimes want to be like, yeah, you know what? I wonder if I come back next year, can we, can we finish the job? And for a guy mm-hmm. like that, and, and that's kind of like what Andrew Luck did. A lot of people forget that. But everybody was, was banking on Andrew Luck coming out in uh, 2011, and then he decided he was going to go back another year, try to finish it off, try to win a championship. Well, quite didn't work out that way, and the rest is history. He goes to Indianapolis. Um, the same thing could happen with Sam Darnold going in, going in the next next uh, next season. So, but that's the guy that everybody's eyeing in, in, as far as the college ranks, Sonny. And, and for the Bears, maybe. Maybe they're looking at trying to position themselves to draft him. Uh, if that's the case, it's probably going to be another three and thirteen year uh, for Bears, for the Bears and, and Bears fans. And right. you know, as a franchise, now the, the only problem with that is now Ryan Pace, the GM, he's he's putting himself on the hot seat if he does that because if things don't work out and they wind up not getting him and they tank the season. Now, now, how does it look? You know what I mean. So, so is it is it worth the the possibility of getting this guy? Is it really worth it, or do you try and make the team better today instead of worrying about some guy that possibly could come into the draft next season? I personally, Sonny, I don't think it's worth it. I I can't see I can't see it's worth it. And the main reason is is because I don't care. Rookie quarterbacks, listen, you only have so much success with them. That, you know, I, and I don't mean that to be, I mean, Brandon, and not everybody's Dak Prescott down here in, in Dallas. Um, you know, and, and these quarterbacks, you know, yeah, you've had some, have some success. But really, if you're a franchise, the, you know, besides the Chicago, uh, besides the Dallas Cowboys, really, you look at the, the rookie quarterbacks even getting off to a great start in Philadelphia uh, that they did with their rookie quarterback. They came down to earth. So there's just lots of things that are going on as far as this, you know, this trend of grabbing that quarterback, regardless. You grab that quarterback, you've still got two, maybe three years before you're going to have any success, and then you're dealing with what the Chicago Bears are dealing right now. Mark freaking Sanchez and Mike Lennon. Um, you, know, I, I, you know, there's four teams in this division, Cuervo, and right now no one in their right mind can put the Chicago Bears first, second, or third. No, I mean they're dead last in the division right now. Sonny. I mean, everybody's getting better, and the Bears are kind of just sitting where they were last year. Um, right. I, I don't. I mean, I, I like a couple of the signings that they made, uh, but I just don't think it's enough to really say it's going to be 
season-changing, if you will. Uh, it, it really, it, it just, it comes down to the draft, Sonny. It really does. I mean, this is, this is what it's all about. Are the Bears going to get desperate and take a quarterback in the first round, or are they going to play it smart, see how the round plays out, and then from there, they can go after a quarterback that that's still available that they that they like. Uh, they don't have to love him, but they, they I mean, as, as long as you like him and you, and you see some good, you know, there's potential there. How many people were lo- in love with Tom Brady when he came out? Yep. Uh, you know, in the draft. I mean, not not many people were like, oh, this guy is an absolute home run. If that's the case, well, you know, but really, though, Cuervo, that 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 was the sixth round. No one expected anything from from Tom Brady with him being in the sixth round or fifth or sixth. I, I think it's sixth. He's a sixth-rounder. Okay, then you know what? I'll use a different example. I'll use Russell Wilson, okay? Russell Wilson was a third-round pick. Russell Wilson was a third-round pick. You know, teams liked him. I don't think they were in love with him. But he falls to the third round in Seattle. Uh, I forget who they picked prior to that. But I'd say that worked out pretty well for them. Um, So... You know, it doesn't have to be a quarterback that you're absolutely in love with, but if you if you believe uh, in in his you know if you like what you see and you believe that he can make your team better, then I say be patient, see what's available in the second, maybe even the third round, and draft your quarterback there. Uh, I mean, it doesn't have maybe. to be the first round because, in, in my opinion, Sonny, as, as much as I like. Deshaun Watson and, and and these other guys, none of them to me, to me, are first round draft picks. None of these guys are first round quarterbacks. So, the, it, it's gonna you know what it really is gonna come down to is whoever is the first team that drafts a quarterback, the the panic button has officially hit for everybody else. They're yeah. the ones that are gonna start that are going to start the trend and then you're going to see other quarterbacks start getting picked. So whoever that first team is, whether it's Cleveland at 12 or whether it's um, the Jets at 6 or, hell, if it's the Bears at 3, that's what it really is going to come down to. Who's going to hit the panic button first and who's going to take that first quarterback? Well, the Bears aren't going to hit as well. First of all, the Bears are good at pan. I, I don't know if they're necessarily good at panicking, so that's why I don't think they're going to be the ones to do it. I mean, hey, they got their man, and I'm. It, it, it's four teams in this division, and I'm sorry, really, it's hard to look. It's hard to look at the Chicago Bears seriously, and that's one of those things that being a Bear fan. It's almost like we want to borrow the Saints bags, you know, that they use, you know, to cover their heads and cover their faces. Because, frankly, I mean, you look at the Cleveland Bears, they're the acting stock of the NFL. The Chicago Bears are not that far behind. And with moves like this, I mean, come on. You've got to find your guys, okay? Find your guys. That, that are, you know, granted, not known for making, you know, one of the, big, one of the biggest uh, 
I don't know, NFL memes out there with the butt fumble. You, you can't realistically grab this guy up when your franchise is in the state that it is. When the Dallas Cowboys had him, listen, that guy was third, maybe fourth, fourth. He's not even realistically to happen. If Mark Glenn goes, if Mike Glenn goes down, you have Mark Sanchez backing him up. He's too much, you know, too high on the depth chart in reality for anybody to feel comfortable about grabbing this guy up. That's the scary part. They're going to use him as the backup Cuervo, and that that's one of the problems. And the Chargers got to change their image, or they will be known as the NFC's. Uh, Browns, if they don't fix it. And now, this all comes, in reality, Cuervo, comes right to that front office of them not not knowing talent. Not knowing, obviously. Obviously not knowing talent. Because if you go out and grab Mike Lennon for the amount of money that you pay, my God, someone needs to give me that job. I'll take it for one-third of what they're paying, and I will find some people for your football team. I'm telling you, the Chicago Bears right now are in a state of, of oblivion, and if they don't watch it, Cuervo, if they continue on this route, there's no way for them to get out. Oh, oh it's going to take a long time. I mean, there, it's going to – it could obviously turn – it could turn around eventually, but it's going to take a long time for it to turn around. Um, yes. You know, but I, I think – with some of the moves that Ryan Pace is doing, what, what I like, what I like is he looks for value, and, and that's what I really like in the GM is, is you don't you don't go and and overpay for for positions that you don't need to. The quarterback, it's going to happen, okay. So the fact that they got they signed Glennon to fifteen million bucks a year, I, as a fan personally, I'm not even really out. Landish about it like some fans are because it's going to happen. The, the, the market for a quarterback is, is, is always going to be way higher than it should be. So the fact that they did that, it, it, was, it was almost, to say the least, it had to have happened because you weren't going to, I mean, you weren't going to get a bargain with Mike Lennon. Some would argue that they, they did that they did get a bargain with Glennon, but. You know, when, when 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 you see some teams turning around and, and they're signing, uh, you know, uh, whether it's a wide receiver to way more than what they're paying, like that, that's just stupid. Like, I mean, you can make the argument, Sonny, that the Giants overpaid for Brandon Marshall, two years twelve. Absolutely. Do you really think? Do you, do you think he's still a six million dollar receiver, or do you think he could have gotten for four and a half, maybe five? And that's that's a wide receiver. And and on top of that, they already have two solid guys with with Beckham and Shepard. So, you know, was it it necessary to to go out and pay that much for a a number two receiver? You know, it's it's debatable. But but as far as quarterbacks, honey, I mean, it's going to happen, whether you want it to or not. Teams are going to overpay because it's the most important position on a football team. So, right. of course, you're going to pay a little bit more than you want to. That's just the way it is. But, you know, other than that, I mean, you know, getting guys like Quentin Dempsey safety from Houston, uh, you know, they picked up uh, – they picked up, uh, you know, uh, who was it, Kendall Wright from the Titans. 
I thought they, yes. they got a pretty good deal for him. I think they paid like $4 million bucks for that guy. And he's probably going to be the number two receiver on the team. So you, you think mm-hmm. about it. You know, Kendall Wright compared to Brandon Marshall, I mean, we already had Brandon in Chicago. He put up huge numbers. Uh, I'm interested to see how well Brandon's going to do this year. Problem with Brandon, though, is injuries. So no matter how good the numbers look, he ain't putting up numbers if he's not on the field. So I, I think that was the thinking behind getting a guy like Kendall Wright, you know, a guy that can stay healthy and, and still produce at the same time. So uh, that that's that's what I do like about Pace. I just I don't know about his passing ability yet, though. So I don't know about that. It's it's still right. really seen. Well, I was looking through and using my brain, which I don't do very often. Let's just make the comparison because everybody does the NFC to the AFC. And look at the Chicago Bears and what they did in their division. Now, in the division in the AFC, of course, you have Joe Flacco over there with Baltimore. You have Big Ben with the Steelers, Andy Dalton uh, with the Bengals, and God knows who with the Browns. Okay? Now, you go to the NFC side, you go to Minnesota. Minnesota's got a quarterback problem. I don't think Bridgewater's going to be ready. That, evidently, that, that injury that he sustained I, is going to keep him out at the beginning of the season, but you, you really kind of got your guy at Bridgewater in reality. And then, you know, obviously, you got Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay uh, to do what he does, and then you get Matthew Stafford. You know, so they really got their quarterbacks. You know, Minnesota has has their guy, Bridgewater. I don't think anybody's going to question really, you know, he is that franchise. Where are the Bears in that franchise quarterback? They got Glennon, okay? I mean, I, I don't know. The Browns quarterback situation is no much better. And it, it, so it, they're the laughing stock, obviously, of the – the uh, AFC, which are the Browns, and the Bears are just right there doing the same thing. I mean, we can go through other divisions within football, but frankly, you got to start right here. I mean, you can have all the success in the world outside your division, but if you don't have success within your division, you're not making the playoffs. It's just, it's just really that simple. I, and, and, and frankly, you just can look at every position out on the football field and you, you can look at every football team, but when you look at the quarterback position, you can tell where your team is going to pretty much end up just by the quality that you got at the quarterback position. And the Bears don't have it. I'm sorry, Glennon isn't good enough to be even in a consideration. So the Bears have got a lot of work to do, and it has to start at the top, which would be the front office. But as far as the football field, they got to start at the top, and that is at the quarterback position without question. Or that You're looking at more years of obscurity for the Chicago Bears, ending up third or fourth within their division, and making a complete total um, em- embarrassment of themselves out on the football field. And, it, it, and it's going to continue uh, until something happens. And I don't think that's going to happen until ownership changes, and I don't see that happening with Chicago. I mean, for, for the ownership that has been there for years and years and years, sort of like St. Louis's ownership, that obviously they've now moved down to Arizona, you know, these longstanding franchises that are thinking old school, old type. And granted, you know, Sammy loves old school, but when it comes to football to today, 
you've got to have that quality quarterback. And frankly, this is quite funny. If you think about it, there's only 32 positions, okay, to where the best in the world are sitting at. And half of the teams, well, not half the teams, maybe a quarter of the, the, um, the league doesn't have that quality quarterback. Oh no! I mean, if you really, if you really want to break it down, Sonny, I mean, you can argue out of the 32 teams in the NFL, 10 of them have true franchise, you know, caliber quarterbacks. Ten mm-hmm. of them. If you're lucky, you can count ten. So, um, if you're lucky, you know, there's. I, I think it's incredible. I'll tell you. I think I can. I can name 17. I think I can name 17. I I I think just one over half have that franchise type quarterback that they can live with. I mean, we we talked about it. I mean, you got you got Flacco, Big Ben, and Dalton. They are the franchise, and that's three within the AFC. The NFC North: Stafford, um, then Rodgers, and Bridgewater, if you want to count them. So in that in just the north of each division or each conference. We have six sitting in the north. So if you go to the the um, south, to Jacksonville, they don't have a franchise quarterback. Right to the point. Tennessee, do they have a franchise quarterback quarterback? I mean, if, if you look at Tennessee and, and you look at the quarterback position, the, I mean, I don't. I, I mean, I'm, I'm missing. I'm missing that one. They don't have the franchise quarterback. The, however, you go to the South with Houston, they don't have one. And, but Indianapolis does. That is, so there's only one within the within the Southern Division and the AFC. But that still puts you at four over in the AFC, just within two divisions. Now, if you go to the NFC South, of course you have uh, Drew Brees. That is sitting right there. Uh, then you have uh, the, the Panthers with our with um, oh crap, his name slipped on my mind. Who's Cam the quarterback? Newton. Cam Newton. You got Cam Newton over there. Um, now I don't know. Do you think Tampa Bay at third quarterback is that that franchise? Is Winston the franchise quarterback that you want? That that's a good question. Um, you know, honestly, Sonny, uh, this is maybe a cop-out type answer, but I don't think anybody really knows yet. I don't think anybody really think knows if, if he is a franchise quarterback because, I mean, he's only been in the league for two years. He just, he just finished his second season, so it's, it's really hard to say, like, yes, he is a franchise caliber quarterback or, nah, not too much. I think you, after this so then, year, I think we'd be able to answer that question. All right, and then you got Atlanta. Of course, they got Matthew Ryan or Matt Ryan over there. So you got three over there. Um, so uh, three franchises. Now, if you move to the West, the AFC West. I mean, right now the the Broncos they don't have a quarterback right now, so you can't really look at the Chargers have Rivers. Um, he's on his way out. So he can be like like a limbo guy, but he would be kind of considered that. Oakland, they have their man at the at, at the um, the franchise, you know, right there. And then Kansas City, they don't. 
So you got two within that division that are not. So you got two, two right there. Um, so, and then you know the NFC West. If you look at that division, of course you have Seattle. They got their guy without question. Then Arizona, mm-hmm. you know they don't have a franchise quarterback. Um, and San Francisco, they don't have one either. So um, that that only leaves you know the Rams. The Rams don't have really a franchise quarterback, but they do. It's that you know they're going to live and die by that rook. I don't, but I mean, the West is in, in terrible shape as far as franchise quarterbacks. But looking at the West Cuervo, you know the first two teams that are going to be sitting at the top of that division right now is obviously sitting there, the Oakland Raiders with their guy and. It, are the obvious leader. What do they have in common? When you get to all these, these are the guys with those, uh, with those quarterbacks, they're sitting right there on top of their divisions. All right. And, and again, I mean, this is just proving that, look, you know, you, you got to have a franchise type quarterback to be successful in this league. Cause all the teams that you mentioned, Sonny are uh, <clears throat> the successful ones. For example, in, in Atlanta, they all have a, uh, you know, franchise type quarterback. So I mean, <clears throat> when you when you break it down, though, I guess maybe ten is too small of an. I would say fifteen. I'd say half. It's just about half the teams have a quarterback that you can really say this is gonna. This is the guy that's gonna lead our franchise for the next eight years. This, right. This is the guy. We, okay. We, we do not have we do not have a quarterback problem, at least for eight years. To me, that's a team that has a franchise quarterback. If they can say to themselves, we don't need a quarterback for the next eight seasons, then I think they're good. New Orleans, I don't think they have a franchise quarterback because Drew Brees was their franchise quarterback, but expect him to be, you know, hanging up the jersey here in the next year or two. So you can't really – I mean, I guess – can you really say he's still a franchise quarterback because of his age? Well, no, for this year, though. I mean, this upcoming season, looking at this upcoming season, you're right about for for the future, but when you look at look at it, I, I look at there's eight in the AFC that that would be considered that guy, would be considered, a, you know, you, you got three in the north with Flacco, Big Ben, and Dalton. Um, let's just say you only have one in the south, um, with Indianapolis, with Andrew Luck, maybe two in the West. I mean, if you want to, you, you obviously have um, Rivers and uh, you have Rivers in, in uh, San Diego, and then you have Carr in Oakland, and then over in the East you got Brady, and that's about it. So that equals about eight as far as in that side that are considered. Looking at the NFC side. Um, we talked about there's three of them in there with Stafford, uh, Rogers, and Bridgewater. You got to count Bridgewater, I think, but that will be the question whether or not he'll be in the lineup. But looking at the South, I mean, this year, if, if Breeze is the quarterback, he's a franchise type quarterback uh, to get there, and Matt Ryan right there. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say Tampa Bay has their franchise because they're going to live on it, and. I think as of right now, there's no other thing. I'm going to go ahead and give them that. So within those two, there's six. But in the West, you obviously have uh, uh, Seattle who has theirs. But 
you know, that, there's really only one in the West. I mean, you know, Russell Wilson is really the only franchise. But in the East, you have right now, if you want to call him that, Eli, because everybody loves his stats. And then, of course, you have Dak or, Dak or Tony Romo. So the way I look at it, there's 17, quite possibly 16, if you don't want to count Winston, um, that are franchise-type quarterbacks. That's half of the league. So you're, you're looking right. So about half of the league, I think, has the franchise-type quarterback. It's whether or not these other teams are going to push up and be able. And that's the big question, Cuervo, to be able to find the quality in that. It seems like to me there's only about, you know, really 16 quarterbacks that you can say a franchise-type quarterback out of all the, what, billions of players that come out of football and play and the thousands that play the quarterback position, there's really only 16 players in this world that can play the quarterback uh, position at a level that would be considered a franchise quarterback. That is crazy, and that's the reason why they make the millions of dollars. But Glennon making money as much as some of these franchise, other franchise quarterbacks, that's the insulting part of me, and it started with Matt Castle making more money than Tom Brady when he went to Kansas City. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, he, he, you know, I mean you, you could even talk about Matt Flynn, too. That was the, that's that was right, a exactly. Yeah, I mean, he was in Seattle in rookie, uh, Russell Wilson's rookie season making 10 times more than Russell Wilson was. And mm-hmm. yeah, that's the guy that, that led him into the playoffs. So, like I said, Sonny, it's, it's the, quarterback mark, the quarterback market is just it's always going to get crazier and crazier. I mean, $15 million bucks a year, Mike Lennon's probably, if I sat down and I, and I looked, I bet you he's probably making more money than I would say there's probably at least five franchise quarterbacks that he makes more money than. Area code five one six, give us a call back. I was about ready. Let me just area code five one six, give us a call back. I was about ready to click on and bring him on, but it might have been. It could have been one of those. Uh, what do they call? You know the crazy people. Um, it could have been just him. But that having been said, quarterback position. There's sixteen sixteen great quarterbacks right now that can play the game. That is amazing to me. And, you know, I, and looking at the other positions out on the football field, there are two there are wide receivers, dime a dozen, Cuervo, big time. Um, so, you know, but what might be, as far as the, you know, I mean, as far as the numbers are concerned, looking at the offensive linemen, you know, that, that's even, that might even be worse. In reality, I mean, compared to the numbers, there's only one quarterback position. You know, you got five offensive linemen. Uh, so, you know, it might even be worse for the offensive linemen. The amount of talent that it takes to play in the NFL, that's what I'm trying to prove here. The amount of talent that it takes to play on this level is really amazing. So, it, I, I, look, I look forward to, to trying to figure out who's going to be the next one to make the step forward because 
I mean, it, and right now you look at you look at the divisions. The AFC South, they're in a lot of trouble at the quarterback positions. You got three of the four of those positions. They're not a franchise type quarterback there, and I don't care what anybody says about Houston and all that other stuff. There's no franchise type quarterback in Houston right now. Neither is Jacksonville. I do, I'm not buying what's going on right there. Um, and then you head over to the AFC, uh, the AFC East, Cuervo. Tom Brady is really the only one there. I counted um, the dude down in Miami, Tannehill, as a franchise, but he is on his way out. Um, those two divisions have two quarterbacks right there, and that's about it. The West is in a lot of trouble as far as their quarterback is concerned. Um, the East is, you know, if you want to consider, I'm going to tell you right now, and that's what I wanted to talk. I want to swing into the East. I want to talk about the NFC East at the quarterback position because Cuervo, obviously there's some news about it, but I want to start in New York because I think, and this is me, and I've been talking about this for years, Cuervo. You're probably sick of hearing about it. But really, if you look at the situation, what's going on over in New York, as far as the Giants are concerned, I think they're in a huge amount of trouble heading into the season. And it doesn't matter that they got three quality wide receivers. You still have Eli Manning. Now, we can look at all the yards. He's ranked seventh or eighth as far as total yards. And everybody thinks that this guy is going to be a first-round Hall of Fame type quarterback like his brother. Um, I don't think he is. I think he's going to be a lost in oblivion at the quarterback position. But this is a football team that, as far as the, the Giants are concerned, they better start worrying about their future at the quarterback position because how many more years are you going to let? In reality, I don't care how many Super Bowl rings you have, as far as the Giants, as of lately, how much longer they're going to deal with an Eli Manning at the quarterback position. Uh, Sonny, I, I mean, I, I don't think it's—I don't think they're going to get much quality out of him anymore. But I mean, that's why they find the, you know, that's why they find Mark Sanchez. Or Mark Sanchez. Wow. See, I'm thinking so much about Mark Sanchez. I'm so excited. Uh, Brandon Marshall. I mean, you're bringing right. a guy like Brandon Marshall, and I think I think that's kind of a, a hidden message for. Hey, I don't think Eli is quite what he used to be, so we're going to get him guys that can make him look good. To me, right. that's what it says. Right. And and, and that, because, that, you know, you've got to be able to get a guy. Hey, Marshall can catch the ball even when it's not in his range. That's the reason why they grabbed him. How tall is he? So there's a lot of things that, that will maybe make Eli Manning look good. But I'm sorry, I, I just, I'm following, I'm listening to the national, they're talking about Eli Manning being this great, I'm sorry, I'm, I guess I just can't kiss his butt any, any more than I have in the last three years, which hasn't been much. And he's only going to get a year older, a year worse, and maybe, he, you know, he'll throw for a lot of yards, maybe, if, you know, I think this year in between three and 4,000, after, I don't think he gets more than that. And I don't, he's got the three wide receivers that can help him with the yak and the yak, but that's the difference when you look at it. The quality of the guys that he's throwing the ball to um, will definitely stack his stats and to make him look better than what he is. That is what I'm looking at as far as Eli Manning is concerned. You got ODB. You have uh, the, the other two, um, the one they grabbed from, um, we just talked about him, his name, see, Sonny and his Alzheimer's is working out really good. Um, but, 
you've got three quality quarterbacks that will stack his stats to make him look better than what he is, Cuervo. When, when, when are the experts and everybody else going to catch up with Sonny Clark to say that Eli Manning is not great, he's adequate? And I've never said he – well, I guess I did say he sucks, but he's an adequate quarterback right now. But right now – I think you've got some youngsters that are going to come up that right now could be better than Eli Manning. For the Giants, I mean, I haven't seen them draft a quarterback in a while. Long time. Yeah, so they I didn't mean, even they didn't even draft they didn't even draft Eli. They had to get him from from uh, from the Chargers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they sure did. What you know, I mean. And maybe that's what the Giants are going to do this year. I mean, everybody's looking at their running back position, saying that they need a running back. I mean, and, but here's the thing. We've seen teams do what we don't expect them to do and draft in, in positions that we don't expect them to draft. I mean, look at right. last year with the Dallas Cowboys, Sonny. I'll keep it in, in your neck of the woods. Every, I mean, you were saying it, and everybody on TV was saying it, and uh, – that they need to go with uh, a def- you know a defensive player, whether it was Joey Bosa if he was still available, or it was Jalen Ramsey if he was still available. And I remember I mentioned Zeke Elliott, but I, I didn't know if I wanted to believe that they were going to draft him. And right. sure enough, I mean, yeah, maybe it was a need, but was it really a need that you had to go draft him number four overall? I mean, obviously it worked out for them, but at the time, though, you go back and you rewind to that that night, draft night. Uh-huh. Um, what was the bigger need? It was a defensive player. It was somebody on the defense to get that defense going, and they turn around and they draft a running back, and everybody's like, what the hell? So, but as I said, it wound up working out for them, Sonny, and same thing with the Giants. Everybody's looking at the running back position, saying it's what they have to. They've got to get themselves somebody in the running game, whether they go out and they sign Adrian Peterson or they draft somebody uh, in the draft. But that's the need that they have is 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 at the run, with the running game to help Eli, to help Eli. Well, stop worrying about helping Eli and start thinking about replacing Eli. I think that's right. the smarter thinking to have, Sonny. Maybe, maybe I'm sure you agree with me because of the way you talk about Eli. But you know, to me, would that not be the smarter way to think? Is instead of worrying about complimenting him, worry about replacing him because you can only compliment him for so much longer before his, you know, he really starts to decline. I mean, you think he's declining now? Wait a year or two, it's going to get, it it could get worse. So, yeah, yeah so, exactly. So stop worrying about so stop worrying about complimenting him. Start worrying about replacing him. Yeah, because they'll be in a lot of trouble. I mean, you know, and one thing I I, I, I hate to even say it, but the NFC East is one of my favorite divisions of football because of the drama that comes this way. Of course, that's what makes the the NFC East what it is. Uh, you got to add a little drama to make it worth it. And, and say whatever you want. 
whether it's Donovan McNabb not doing as well as he's supposed to and people considering him a Hall of Fame quarterback, whether it is the Washington Redskins who go ahead and with their quarterback, you know, their quarterback, you know, I don't know if you want to call it controversy, but, you know, they've got a quarterback problem going that way. And so, you know, all of these things that are happening as far as, you know, the the quarterback position within this division, it, it makes it like it's a, you know, a soap opera, which is the quarterback position. Now, switching from the Giants, let's head into it for our locals. Let's talk a little bit about what is going on as far as the locals are concerned with the, uh, with the Dallas Cowboys. They still have not done anything with Tony Romo. Can we finally say Sonny Clark was right? I told everybody this wasn't happening. Tony Romo's not going anywhere. So if you want to fall for this, you can. You can fall for the drama. You can fall for everything that's going on until the preseason starts or a big-name quarterback goes away. Tony Romo, I don't, and I'm going to put it on here. I'm going to say it right now. I don't think Tony Romo goes anywhere. I think Tony Romo becomes a, uh, I think he becomes a quarterback coach. I think he becomes a coach for the Dallas Cowboys and in a pinch with if Dak does go down, they can bring him back on. This way they can get rid of his salary and do whatever they want, all that other crap. They still stays the Dallas Cowboys and then we have a gentleman's agreement with the guy who gave him all the millions of dollars. I'm not going anywhere. I'll stay right here. And then we'll sign for a minimal amount when we come back if I'm needed. That's what's happening here in Dallas. I'm telling you what. Everybody else wants to have Tony Romo go someplace else, Cuervo. Can we finally tell everybody that Sonny Clark's right? <laughs> well, you know, I, uh, yeah, who was, it? who was the other network that, that showed interest in him? I think it was CBS or? Yeah, yeah. See, uh, there, it was one of them. There's, well, there's yeah, two out there that first first it was Fox first it was right. Fox now now it's it's another network I can't remember for the life of me who it is but it was CBS but, okay it was CBS okay yeah again I mean that's that's the thing like you were you were the first one that mentioned it him going into the booth and now I did are like are interested so. It's pretty funny how that how how that was mentioned, and now it's actually going to happen or could possibly happen. Um, my thing is, you know, I remember when free agency first hit a couple of weeks ago, Sonny, and, and all the talk right. about him going to Houston and you know, yep. by Dallas, by Dallas, it was good knowing you, blah blah blah. Right? <laughs> well, I mean, that's that's one of the. I don't know which one's a bigger cover up that or or uh you know the, the whole uh uh what's the movie with Tom Hanks uh help me out Sonny. the movie with Tom Hanks where they're talking about the uh, oh gosh I I can't think of it but it it was you know they were talking about one of the bigger cover ups and you know it, or it's Religi- religious history. Uh, oh, the Da Vinci Code. Yes, Da Vinci Code. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, I don't know what's the big cover of that or, or Tony Romo going saying bye to Dallas on Instagram. Uh, that 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 is yes. Boy, and, and everybody is falling for it. Huge Cuervo. Huge. Yeah, so it's it's pretty funny, <laughs> but 
You know, I mean, I, I, I think if he doesn't, if he's probably now, I'm starting to believe he's going to stand out. Because correct me if I'm wrong, he's still a cowboy right now as we speak. Yes, he is still a cowboy. So my thing is, you know, if all these teams wanted him so bad. Uh, where are these teams at, and how come we haven't heard anything about it? Yeah, just 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 throwing that out there. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, yeah, maybe I, I, I have been on this forever. I have been on this forever. Tony Romo, you know, you say whatever you want. I mean, Tony Romo is not going to bite the hand that has been feeding him for the last six to seven years. He isn't. He first of all. If he goes somewhere, it won't be in the NFC East. That will happen. He will play in the AFC. He's not going to play in the NFC if he goes anywhere. I still don't think he is. I think he's going to coach. I honestly believe Wade Wilson, I don't know if he's still the, the uh, quarterback coach here in Dallas, but Tony Romo will take over that position, and Wade Wilson will not bite the hand that feeds him as either. They'll say, I'll step aside for Tony, so when Tony has to come in, I'll come in, I'll be the quarterback coach. And I, this, this, it's, it's not a conspiracy the way I'm looking at it. I just think that's the way that it is because, really, do you want to bite the hand that has been feeding you so much money for so long? I don't think Tony Romo has it in him to do it. Um, so that's why I think we are getting exactly what we're getting right now with, with Tony Romo and the reason why he's not going – listen, his wife – and folks got to remember, he's on the downside of his career. His wife has got a career sitting right here in Dallas, okay? Do you honestly think he's going anywhere that puts him too far out of Dallas? He isn't going anywhere. His wife is hot. You don't want to leave that hot wife out around. Tony ain't stupid. He collected all the money. So he ain't stupid. He ain't going to leave his hot wife in Dallas all by herself. That isn't going to happen. Tony, no. I know it sounds stupid when I say that, Cuervo, I, and I realize how dumb that sounds, but I'm telling you that is that is a factor. You, you can say, son, you're being stupid. You're not, you're not thinking – I'm not thinking professional. I'm thinking rationally, and Tony Romo is not going to leave his wife here all by himself for him to go to New York. He isn't going – he's not going to Denver. Now, granted, it's only an hour flight. He can has all the money in the world, but still, that distance—it's just not. It, it, in theory, it sounds wonderful that he's going to go to another football team and play football. But he is not going to be anything but a Dallas Cowboy. And you mark my words—I've been saying this for months. I'm the only one that has stayed on it because I think I'm thinking with a rational mind more so than a business mind. Because Tony Romo doesn't need the money. And that is the biggest difference between Tony Romo being the franchise-type quarterback that you can pick up and get compared to some others that are, you know, that want to play and that will pick up and move. I, I think it's a difference. And I think his wife, right here in Dallas, being uh, uh, lead anchor right here in the news, he is going absolutely nowhere. Yeah, and like I said, Tony, I, I'm really starting to believe that now, like, just because of the fact that time has gone by and nobody has shown any type of interest 
Nothing. No, there's been plenty of people showing interest. It's Tony Romo that's not showing the interest. His his agent is saying, yeah, that's that's a possibility. No, his agent isn't saying anything. Why? Because Tony Romo is not going anywhere. And I think I think you're onto something, Sonny. I really think that you are. I'm the only one. On, on this. I'm the only one. <laughs> I'm the only one that ever started this and, and stayed with it. I'm the only one. And and how I'm I'm glad that I did, by the way, because um that way that way I could get up on this screen right here and tell everybody that Sunny was right, which I'm not right very often. So I, I gotta take it when I can, especially on important important uh uh, subjects and the the Dallas Cowboys. You can say whatever you want, but uh, the quarterback position is a big story down here, and um, so they the Dallas Cowboys have got. A, you know, it's quite funny. You think about it; they got a lot of oh, how do you say a lot of you know cap money and all this other stuff um, that they don't need to really work. You know. The Dallas Cowboys are the only team in the NFL that really don't care about cap. You know I mean, and Tony and uh, who is it? Uh, Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones is sitting there licking his chops. He don't care about the money, and people think that he really does. And I, I'm I'm missing where that feeling is coming from on a lot of uh, a lot of teams. Yeah, yeah. I mean. It, it, I just, I just really thought he was going to be somewhere already by now, but it uh, hasn't happened yet. So it's, it's pretty crazy how um, we've, you know, two weeks have gone by and we still haven't heard anything about Tony Romo. It's like, it's like people have already forgotten about it, to be honest with right. you. So pretty, yes. uh, pretty interesting. By the way, I just want to put this out here. Mortensen has not mentioned anything about Tony Romo. Okay, Chris Mortensen more so, you know, than anybody. He's got speculation, but he hasn't said, you know, he wasn't the one that came out and said, oh, he's going to be, he's going to be released. Oh, he's going to get signed in a trade. He was just following up on what people say. He never broke a story that way. And that tells me something. Chris Mortensen not talking about it also is another indication uh, on that, you can say whatever you want about Chris Mortensen. Some people, you know, want to, you know, jump back on. There was a story that he, that I uh, he was supposedly wrong on, but it was proven that he wasn't wrong on. So um, Chris Mortensen, if Chris Mortensen says it doesn't say anything, that also scares me as well. Yeah, I mean, normally that's a guy that that is on top of these stories, and if you haven't heard anything, then. Probably not going to happen, or I I, I don't I don't, don't expect it to happen. Don't expect it exactly. to happen anytime soon. It, it's one of those things. So you know, all right. Well, we kicked into an hour. We've been through an hour. I've not gone to uh, to our uh, to our um, to our um, sponsors. So we're going to do that. We're going to go ahead. We're going to take a quick break here on the Couch Potato Sports Show, get to our sponsors, but lots of other things that we're going to be talking about uh, here on the Couch Potato Sports Show with the uh, football. There's some basketball news we're going to talk about as well, but we'll continue with football when we get back here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. We'll see you back here in about four minutes. 
and 30 seconds. At Wesson General Contracting Incorporated, we're your one-stop shop for all your general contracting needs. We are locally owned and with over 20 years of experience, so roofing, gutters, sidings, fence staining, painting, foundation problems, or roof damage are no problems at all. Give us a call at 214-200-5588. That's 214-200-5588. Wesson General Contractors, proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. It always happens. 6 p.m. on a Saturday night and your heater or air conditioner goes out. What are you going to do? All the heating and air conditioning people are closed. How about 24-hour service available at 5-star HVAC contractors? You can be sure to be serviced amazingly fast. That's 5-star HVAC contractors serving Relev 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 214-457-8441. Call the experts at 5-star HVAC contractors. Spirit Outfitters be your home for any of your specialty needs. Spirit Outfitters can do it all. Whether it's screen printing, custom apparel, spirit gifts, or embroidery, Spirit Outfitters has you covered. Need personalized apparel? We can do that. Want something just for you? We can do that also. Spirit Outfitters will let your imaginations run wild. Give them a call at 972-412-3440 or visit their showroom at 3538 Lakeview Parkway, Suite 101 in Rowlett. Or check them out on the web as well at thespiritoutfitters.com. never make talking about insurance as exciting as the Kentucky Derby. However, we can make it interesting to see how much we can help you save money on your car insurance. Check out Coslo Insurance at Rowlett Road and Main Street in Rowlett, or check them out on the web at CosloInsurance.com, where we always have the coffee pot on. Yeah, it is it's fresh. This is Sonny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about Fit Body Boot Camp. What makes Fit Body Boot Camp a unique fitness program is the value of consistent coaching with a professional fitness trainer in a group environment that generates exceptionally high levels of fitness results. At Rowlett Fit Body Boot Camp, we offer complete fitness programs unlike any other that you've tried before. Our program it consists of unlimited group training sessions, fully customized nutrition planning, and a result tracking system designated to ensure our members achieve their fitness goals. 
Contact Tom or Mark at Fit Body Boot Camp located at 2502 Lawling Lane in Rowlett, Texas or give them a call at 214-888-2848 or visit them on the web at www.rowlettfbbc.com. right into this as there are a lot of interesting stories that came out in the NFL and one of them I wanted to you know just kind of you know talk about is, is that the New Orleans Saints this just came out on the 23rd this week that this football team might be interested in signing one the only Johnny Manziel now this is according to Ian Rappaport now I've stepped back a little bit on his dependability, Cuervo. He's the one that came out with the Tony Romo story and all this other stuff. That hasn't come to fruition at all. Didn't happen. He wasn't released. He wasn't traded. He wasn't um, anything that Ian Rappaport has said. So I take this with a grain of salt when I read it, but the fact that it's been thrown around, it's been talked about. I will give him that. It's at least being talked about. Can't we put this guy to bed, Cuervo? I mean, this guy, if he gets another job in the NFL, I mean, there are a lot of things that every team's going to have to look at. First of all, in marketing, yes, you might find those crazy people that still like Johnny Manziel and what he's all about. But on a you know, level, this, any team that grabs him up is going to take a hit as far as the public opinion about that football team, Cuervo. <laughs> well, would that would that would be a PR. Uh, I don't know. It'd, it'd be a circus town in New Orleans. I mean, you think New Orleans is a crazy town now, where it's, it's yes. party all day, party all night. I mean, imagine Johnny Manziel in a city like New Orleans. <laughs> I, 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 do you really think he's going to last more than a month? I'd give it two weeks. I'd give it two weeks, Sonny, before we hear something about him in New Orleans partying it up, doing something stupid, you know, and it makes a lot of headlines and it causes a lot of attention, and it becomes the, the, one, the one word that all teams fear uh, that, they, that they don't want their, their franchise attached to, and that word is distraction, and that's exactly yes. what would happen. Uh, if uh, that, you have Johnny Manziel, that's probably the biggest worry of any football team, right? Cuervo, or someone would have taken a chance with, with one team, but one Tim Tebow. His distraction, no offense, and we're on Sunday. And, and let me look. Okay, there's no clouds in the side, so I don't think I'll get struck down with lightning. He brought the distraction of God to a football team, as well as his religion and things of that sort. So you know, teams stay away for lesser. Obviously, being Tim Tebow, I mean, yeah, God, I don't, you know, 
I mean, I, I mean, why can't this guy just go away in oblivion? I mean, we're still talking. We're not talking about Tim Tebow. I mean, and we're talking about a good distraction, that being God. I mean, you know, out of all the distractions, I think you could have a guy who, you know, is a God guy. Shouldn't be too much of a distraction, but he is, obviously. Um, so, you know, then you bring the guy that is going to go to a town that's known for what? All the things that Johnny Manziel's known for, uh, drinking uh, uh, excessively, getting in trouble, uh, some dra- drugs up on top, and the list goes on and on. And it's almost like him signing with the football team that's going to be there in Vegas. It's almost like Johnny Manziel signing in Vegas. I agree with you, Cuervo. This is a recipe for disaster. Yeah, it absolutely is, Sonny. And I mean, I mean, if now you gotta you gotta think of it this way though too. If Johnny Manziel has really learned something from the past year, year and a half of not being in the league and, and people not taking him serious as far as mm-hmm. wanting to change his life, um, honestly, I mean, if a team like the Saints were to give him a try. I think a, a coach like Sean Payton might be able to uh, help control how he behaves off the field and, and you think really so? give him good advice. And I, I think so. Um, I mean, you're not going to be able to control everything he does every second of every day. Okay, let's let's not get too crazy. All right, and that's not Sean Payton's job in the first place to babysit football uh, uh, players. His job is to coach them. So. Um, but I think this. I think if if the Saints are going to do it, they should do it now. I mean, like, like do it today. Get him, get him involved. Get him involved in all the off-season activities and kind of get a feel of his attitude. Is he serious about turning his life around? Is he serious about playing football again? Is he serious about being being a different, mature adult? And I think you can find out the answers to those questions even through the off-season. You don't even need the regular season to do it. You, you yeah, the off-season programs that they have and stuff like that, that's what you're talking about, I'm assuming, right, Corvo? Absolutely. Absolutely, yes. Absolutely. So, you know, if, if he's serious about doing those things, he'll show up to the voluntary workouts. He'll show up to the voluntary programs that they have and, and all those things. Everything that's voluntary, he will be there for all those things. And that's why I'm saying don't wait until the season because then it's it's almost too late to where now you're almost stuck with him for a season. Um, you can easily cut him. I'm sure it wouldn't cost you much. But you really want that, that distraction. It goes back to the word distraction. Do you really want that distraction during the season, or do you want it in April and May during the off season? You know, that's what it really comes down to. So if the Saints are serious about this and they want to give him a shot to try and revitalize his career and himself as a person, do it now. If you're the Saints, you've got to do it now, Sonny. It, because right. the longer you wait, the worse the outcome could be. If that makes any sense, the worst. Oh, it does. The first test is to see if he would show up and then show up on time 
I mean, there's there's a, there's a thing that mature adults do, okay? And, and I, I tell this to my boss at where I work. You can find out how mature a person is, okay? First of all, or how, how mature and how serious they are, okay? First of all, they show up. Second of all, they show up on time. Third of all, what's his attitude when he shows up, okay? You got three things that you got to deal with just immediately with him stepping on wherever he's going to step on at the time. Will he be on time is the biggest question, or the biggest question, will he show up? And if he shows up, will he show up on time? And then third of all, what will his attitude be? And you can get that all within the first practice or first off-season quote-unquote unofficial meeting that you can have to see if he's serious or not if you extend the offer out to him without signing a contract with him. You can say, hey, Johnny, you might see him come by. See if he's serious, and then you can go from there. But I'm going to tell you, yeah, a guy like Johnny Manziel has a hard time changing his ways. What do you say? You, what's the old saying? You can't take the spots off a leopard. You know, he, he's kind of branded right now as a leopard. He, he can't change his ways. Then once he is there, let's just say he gets there, and the first day is magnificent. He's on time, does what he wants. What's going to happen after practice? In New Orleans, will he be a seen out partying like Johnny knows how to do? You know, the leopard, the spot that he is, out partying, doing what he does, out socializing. Then will he drink while he is out there? You can get, you can find out with Johnny Manziel's seriousness about him actually becoming an NFL football player with one day, Cuervo. The morning when he's supposed to show up and what he does at night. And frankly, that I don't I just can't I just can't see him getting past it. Right, and that's why I'm saying, Sonny, like if they're gonna if, if the Saints are gonna do this, like you mentioned, do it now. Do it now and, yep. and see what he's about and get a feel of of what he's about. You know, because he may show you what you want to see and tell you what you want to hear at, in the beginning, but at least right now you can buy that time. And if right. he starts going back to his old ways, it's only going to be July, August, and then you can tell him yes. the road. Because if you wait yes. until July to sign him, well, now it's September before you start to see the, the real him, and now you cut him. And now you've got the whole NFL media. You've got all the networks all over the story of, you know, Saints released Johnny Manziel today. And, you know, well, why, why did they even give him a chance in the first place? You know, yeah, so it's exactly. one of those things where, you know, where. I mean, they can keep it on the download, Cuervo. They really can. I mean, it, it could be between two people, the person that invites them and Johnny Manziel. Whoever that person is, and they don't need to put it out there. They don't need to air it. Listen, there's one thing I've learned in the position where I'm in right now as the director of operation of the league. There's a lot of things that you don't have to put out there that a lot of people don't have to know about. And guess what? 
it works. Sometimes they don't even know it even happened. I mean, we got a big case right now. Something's happened. No one even knows about it. I know about it because of my position. That having been said, no one's saying anything about it. They could actually get away with it. It's whether or not that people can keep their mouths shut and do it right. Now, granted, let's just say it, okay? As soon as he shows up, then that's when it'll get out. But his invite, his initial invite to be coming there didn't need to be put out publicly with Ian Rappaport in order for it to yeah, – in fact, this makes it worse. The fact that it's out there in the story makes this whole thing worse instead of just saying one guy picking up the phone saying, hey, why don't you show up? Let's see what you got. And Ian Rappaport might have shot this thing down, which, which by the way, it wouldn't hurt my feelings because I'm not a big Johnny Manziel fan. You know, and by the way, I I was back when he was a junior ripping on this kid. Never mind, you know, or the year before his last season. I think he actually didn't forego his senior season. So I was jumping on him when he was when he was a sophomore before he became a junior to do what he does. So, you know, there's nothing that I can see that will change. He's got to do that, and he doesn't need anybody to help him. And I think Ian Rappaport making this uh, story might have been the worst thing that could happen if the Saints were actually serious about them bringing him in. Well, and they probably wanted to keep it quiet, too. They probably didn't want it to go public because now you're going to have all the questions uh, about what is your thinking behind it, why would you give this guy a chance, you know, and right now, I mean, most teams are probably focused on the draft. I mean, I don't right. know. I'm, I might be, I might be a little far fetched. They should be that, but yeah, they should yes. be exactly not. And, and the focus should not be, oh boy, I can't wait till Johnny Manziel shows up. Like I don't know. Um, so the fact that it got out is probably really thrown a huge wrench in the yeah. in the Saints. Uh, you know, just their off season in, in general. So, um, you know, yeah, great job by Rappaport really, uh, really finding a way to stir the pot in, in, in last week of March. Oh, absolutely. And that goes also to the fact that, you know, there's nothing to report and they'll grab onto anything and everything that they might accidentally hear from too. So Johnny Manziel back in the news now. Let's Let's go to another guy that, you know, is known as the, and I call him a punk. I don't like him. Matter of fact, I got, I was happy when he got smacked in the face by a Washington Redskins offensive lineman. Talking about Richard Sherman. Now, during the season, I know they get fined for criticizing the refs. Okay, my first question is with him going off. I think it was on first take or whatever it was, going off the referees. If he'll be fined for going off on the referees, even though there's no games going on, um, I, I know they don't like that, and I know they find players for criticizing. But Richard Sherman is definitely out there for him. I don't know if you heard about it or seen about. It. I think he he probably has. Uh, but Richard Sherman just really, really digging in on the referees. Oh, I mean, he was doing that all season, like you mentioned. Uh, but uh, I, I don't know if there was something like, is there another comment that he made, or, or what exactly? Yeah, he was on. It, it was he was on first take, and um, he is definitely he he is putting the referees underneath a microscope as far as the the relationships that the referees have with certain players. 
and that, you know, where a referee will, I'm, it's just like anybody in any relationship, Cuervo, where you decide whether or not you like somebody or not. And how they're from, he, Richard Sherman believes that if someone, a referee don't like him, he, he gets more flags because they don't like him. Um, you know, I don't know if I'm falling for it. I, I, I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe his monthly has gotten him in so much trouble in the past that, that yeah, they're, they're quick to throw the flag against him. But Richard Sherman is one of these guys that every time something – whenever cameras put in his face, which is one of the problems with the NFL – um, keeping the camera out of the face of guys that create controversy. You're going to say whatever you want. Now, I'm not going to be the dumb guy that says Richard Sherman doesn't have talent. I won't do that. I won't put myself to make myself look even dumber than I already am. That having been said, Cuervo, when you throw something in this guy's face, okay, you, you go ahead and you, you get the opportunity, okay, to bring in Richard Sherman to speak, well, guess what? The cameras are rolling, and so is the NFL, so is ESPN, and this is a guy who's not afraid to say what it is. More so than a guy who's mid-level NFL or keeps his mouth shut, Richard Sherman, you know, he's a little bit higher echelon as far as talent, as far as whether or not someone will pick him up. They'll be willing to take more of a chance with a Richard Sherman than a guy who's, you know, mid-NFLer. This guy goes out and says what he says, which – I'll, I'll put it out there. I think I somewhat agree with him. I don't like him, but I agree with it. But he is making it known, and I think he's actually creating a situation where if he thinks it's bad now, it's going to get worse, at least for him anyway, for the way that he does it. So my first, my first question is, is, I mean, I know they find the NFL for criticizing refs during the season. Do they find them in the offseason? That part I don't know. Um, and second of all, I mean, this guy doesn't need any more scrutiny toward him and have officials think even worse of what they already feel about him because you can say whatever you want. I bet you go to every referee in the league. They, they're not a great big fan of Richard Sherman. Well, no, and I think now – <clears throat> regardless of whether it's the off season or not, he just he just put a huge target on his back. Is yeah. what he really did. Um, because these referees, they're going to remember the comments that he's making in the off season. And and, and uh, but you know what? At the same time, maybe that's what Richard wants. Maybe that's the point that he's going to try to prove. Like, look, I made comments. I know I was in the wrong, and and I criticized the uh, the referees. But look what look what that's look at what ha, it's resulted in now, and this proves that this proves his point, and it could right. very well happen. I mean, there if if these referees take take uh, what he's saying uh, personal at all, that's going to prove his point that right. they do have sort of favoritism towards certain players. That's yes. thing. as a referee, they they should not. They shouldn't be taking any type of criticism personal because then it becomes that. It becomes, well, I like this guy more than him because he's been, you know, he criticized us. Well, this guy never right. never criticized us. So it should never be about that. It should be about, you know, calling a fair game and, and 
whether you like the guy or not, if 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 it wasn't an interference, then don't call the interference. Or uh, if it should have been called, then you throw the flag, no matter who it is. I mean, exactly. Is probably probably one of the worst things you could do as a referee is is show favoritism. And state your opinion about someone is is, and, and I've learned that a lot too. I mean, with what I did, you know, there's certain there's certain aspects of what I do within the league, and there's certain things that go on, but you still stand up for what it what is the right thing, which would be the play out on the football field if you're a referee. You're just gonna call it, whether it's Richard Sherman or or anybody else, shouldn't matter. But I will tell you, I think Richard Sherman actually has a point. But the fact of the matter is, is that maybe he shouldn't have put it out there the way that he should. Maybe he had a better chance, I think, and I believe this, by the way. I think he had a better chance of changing that, that uh, incident that happens with certain referees going against certain players if he kept that quiet and spoke to people behind closed doors before making – I don't want to say – an ass of himself, but a mockery of the of the situation. Um, you know, with him quote unquote trying to make it something that it need, people need to be aware of. You know, I I don't think that that's how you get that change. I really don't. I think if he went to the right people with the right kind of attitude going into it, that I think he would have been more successful in getting what he wants by not making it a public public skeptical that he has done so far. And by him putting it out, not only on, you know, putting it out in public, but first of all, on ESPN and the most watched show on ESPN, and that obviously being first take. Yeah, I mean, that, and, but that's exactly what he did. Is he, he, uh, you know, he went down that road, as they say, and on national television. And, yeah. But you know, again, I mean, this is really it's gonna be interesting to see if it proves this point or not that that there is favoritism in the NFL. Now, if you, yeah. if, if more calls get thrown his way, then then we know the answer. Absolutely. I, I, good point. If more calls come his way, that's going to be the difference in this. I, I agree with you 100% on what's going on as far as that's concerned. And, you know, and Richard Sherman does bring that explosive attitude, that, that explosive you know, character that he is with him. That's why I don't know. I mean, I don't know if making it public makes it better for him or if it just makes it worse. To me, I think it makes it worse. I think the fact that, first of all, the referees, the NFL itself, would appreciate him not making it a public, uh, a public issue, more so than keeping it behind closed doors and talking about it. And, you know, and that goes back to the type of person that he is. We talked about Johnny Manziel, what kind of person that he is. That's just not Richard Sherman. Now, obviously, you get the same kind of thing with a guy that starts speaking his mind like uh, Martellus Bennett, who starts talking. Would he be more successful behind the scenes keeping it on the down low instead of making it public? I don't know. I, I tend to think that more things would get done without it being aired as, quote, unquote, dirty laundry. Yeah, but, I mean, you know, if anybody is surprised by – what Sherman has been saying, or just the fact that he said anything, then obviously you don't watch enough. You don't watch enough football to know that that's just who Richard Sherman is. You're gonna, 
you're going to get the comments that nobody else wants to say. Um, and uh, he he doesn't mind taking the criticism that comes with right. making comments. So, I mean, you know, that's just, that's just who he is. And I don't know. I mean, it, if, if people want to get upset about it, uh, then that's, you know, obviously the, that's really their decision, I guess. But to, to really sit here and say, well, you know, I can't believe he said that. Well, why not? Because that's just who he exactly. is. Exactly. That, you know, that's I who he is. Yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't surprise me one bit. It the doesn't. Thing is, it with, means when it comes to guys oh. like when it comes to guys like Sherman, though, Sonny, it's it, it doesn't. Uh, I don't mind it because he is a guy that, even though he's, he's a trash talker or he criticizes. He always makes good points, and he can back up his trash talking on the field. The, on the backing up the trash talking on the field, he can do. I agree with you, hundred percent. And I hate the guy; can't stand him. Um, uh, you know, that goes back to you may criticize him as a person, but as an athlete and a football player, they don't get much better than this guy. Okay, um, and uh, is it in you know? Is it the system? Is it him? I don't know. It don't matter because he does it year in, year out. So that's going to be one of the big things as far as he is concerned. You know, when he puts it out there, people are going to listen because he is Richard Sherman because he can, you know, back up the trash talk. And there's always something – There's you always look at the guy who does the trash talking but can't back it up. You look at him in a negative. Richard Sherman, I gotta admit, when he when he trash talks, he, he usually fulfills it, and you look at it really a kind of as a positive. So it was just an issue I was looking at as far as who was listening, how much would actually be changed by him saying something more so than anybody else. But having been said, let's head on to something else I found really interesting this week, Clairvo, and, and I like this story more so because you know I. I'm somewhat right about it, so I feel a little good about it. But evidently, general manager Dave Gentleman, okay, is not second-guessing the Carolina Panthers team's decision to allow Cam Newton to play last season despite, quote-unquote, a partially torn cuff in his right-throwing shoulder. Now, Cuervo. This is a big-time story here because right there, just that right there, they made the excuse, Cuervo. They put it out there, which is one of the things that instead of just eating this, the team couldn't help themselves. The team couldn't just say, you know, instead of eating this, they found their excuse. They made their excuse public. You know, Cam Newton, you know, hey, this guy is tough as nails. There is no question about that. But, you know, and, and here's another thing. Just because Cam Newton wants to play, you don't, you just don't let that happen. You got to go with the medical staff, okay, and let them do it. But the medical staff, I think, uh, after much scrutiny, whether it be from Cam Newton or from the team itself, okay, felt that he was okay to go ahead and play. So they let him play. And Cuervo, this is an instance where one of the reasons why you can't trust 
you know, teams to do the right thing. I love what they're doing with the uh, concussion protocol. I get it. That is a big thing. But you've got to take it outside of the concussion, and you've got to go with injuries. But I'm going to tell you right now, yes, he may have had that partially torn thing. That concussion that Cam Newton took affected his season. Then you add up on this, this injury. But I don't think they should have made it out there. I don't think they should have put it out there to make the excuse on why the Carolina Panthers ended up with the record that they ended up last year. No, I don't think they should make that an excuse. I mean, I, I mean, I mean, is it, it me? It's a pretty is it me? Or is that an excuse? I think it's a, I think it's a justified excuse. I don't know. If, <laughs> I don't know if there's such thing as that, but it does kind of justify uh, as far as. You know, the difference that we saw in Cam Newton last time. So, I mean, in reality, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, you don't want to use that as an excuse, but at the same time, it's kind of like, oh, so that explains why Cam wasn't at the same, I guess, level that we're used to seeing him play. Right. Because that's what that's what it really came down to was the fact that, Man, what's real? What's going on with Cam? Like something don't seem right about him. And every time that happens, Sonny, what do we always say? What do we always go straight to? He's injured. He's injured. There's yes. something wrong, and he's injured. And and, yep. and I'll be damned if, wrong. Wrong, if we were not right again. I'll be damned if we weren't right again. And he's playing yep. through an injury. And Carolina, I'm telling you, you're playing with fire when you do that. When you ask your franchise quarterback. To play injured like that, you're playing with fire, because, especially a shoulder injury. Uh, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what Carolina is doing. In his throwing arm, Cuervo. In his throwing arm. Now, Cuervo, this, the, the interesting story about this as well, this was actually, since they got all the records and everything, this was something that happened um, back uh, when they, they did an MRI on the shoulder in December. Now, this also goes into the fact that, yes, they got to finish December and go on strike. If you looked at the way this team was playing, okay, we called it all day long, okay? This team wasn't making the playoffs. This team made the big mistake to let him play through it. And now he, you get a Cam Newton, okay, who's going to have surgery on March 30th. Say whatever you want. I don't care what it is. It takes time. They could have done this this surgery, okay, back in January. And then, I mean, we're talking two, almost a full three months of time for this guy to get over his injury. Now, granted, I know sometimes swelling and everything will prevent a guy to go in, but not that long, Cuervo. Now they're deciding to do something about it. This right here is one of the problems when you take a look at a football player and where he means to your football team as far as the franchise, the face of the franchise, and what ended up happening with him is it ends up through the whole thing. So the last three games of the 2016 season, Cuervo, he was out there, and, and it was hopeless, and everybody saw it. 
and instead of sitting this guy down and getting him ready for the surgery, maybe at the beginning of January, maybe the middle of January, now it's March 30th before he goes up under the knife, and then he's going to be questioned about the OTAs and minicamp and everything else. Um, even yeah. at that point, I think I want more time. Forget the OTAs and minicamp. He doesn't need OTAs and minicamp. He is the starting quarterback of your NFL football team. You really don't need Cam Newton until the third game of the preseason. There's lots of time. You should still have more time. I don't know what it is. And maybe it's because I don't understand the injuries, and I'll put myself out there. Why this was not done at the beginning of January is beyond me. Yeah, I mean that's a good question, Sonny. I don't, I don't know what, what, uh, <clears throat> what Cam Newton was thinking. I'm not even gonna put that one on the franchise. I mean, what, what was Cam Newton thinking, waiting so long? I mean, exactly. <clears throat> I, I mean, was it was was your vacation or whatever you did? For the past two and a half months, was it that important that you you could not schedule your surgery sooner than that? Right. You know, I mean, uh, okay, I get it. It's the off season. You want to go on vacation or whatever the case may be. But man, business is business, and right, exactly. Football is how, how you if, if uh, football is how you earn your you know you make your living. I would think that's a little more important than than going to the Bahamas for two weeks or or whatever he did uh, that has held him back from getting the surgery done over the past two weeks or two months. Right. So uh, <clears throat> it, it, I, I don't understand how, and this is not the first time it's happened. I mean, I, I know I'm pretty sure if I, if I went back and I, you know, researched or whatever, there's teams or there's players that, that wait to the, you know, March, April time frame to get surgery done when, like you said, it could have been done two months ago. So, yeah, it's, it's interesting they, how, why teams decide to wait on those type of things. Right. It, it'll be really interesting to see what ends up happening as far as that's concerned, because when you talk Cam Newton, you talk to the NFL, you, you talk about a guy, you know, you know, that is really your your franchise. He is your guy that's going to make your make your team that just that much better. So um, there's a lot of, a lot of things going on. Now, that also being said, heading into our next subject where, Vince, let's get into Minnesota because Minnesota's got a couple of things that they're dealing with. Number one, Teddy Bridgewater. Will he be back in time next year? That's still under question. But the other big story there, Adrian Peterson, from all the reports that are being laid, this guy's not going to be a Minnesota Viking next year. I think you look at the Minnesota Vikings, and I think this. And, and, and I'm not a fan of I'm not a fan of Adrian Peterson. Okay, I, but I'll go to and say what I say about Richard Sherman. Okay, I may not like the guy, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna question the guy's talent. The guy's got it. I think it's a mistake. I think that, you know what, sometimes you go back and you sort of like what the Chicago Bears did. You bite the bullet and pay somebody too much to keep them on your football team. I don't know why you don't spend that extra money to keep Adrian Peterson on your football team. And from all the reports I'm reading, he is not going to be in Minnesota next year, Cuervo. I think this is a mistake. Uh, it's a mistake letting him walk. Yes. 
I don't. I, 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 you know, it's not very often we disagree, Sonny, but I disagree on that one. I, I think it's the best. Matter of fact, we talked about this two years ago. Minnesota should have gotten rid of him two years ago. Right. And they still have him today. So the fact that he's still associated with the Minnesota Vikings, it, it, it set them back in reality. Uh, I think they should have gotten rid of Adrian Peterson two seasons ago. You know, bite whatever cap penalty you're going to bite and be done with it. But, you know, um, no, I, I absolutely think it's the right thing to let him let him go somewhere else. Um, but, you know, you got to find it interesting, too. This is another guy. You know, we talked about uh, Tony Romo earlier. AP is another guy that, you know, he's still out there, still available. Well, he wants a lot of money, Cuervo. That's that's what I'm reading. Adrian well, Peterson wants some. He wants some. He wants some money. And that's one of the reasons why he's still available. Number two, they don't want to deal with the injury because they know it's going right. to happen. It's Absolutely, it's not if it's not when it's going to it's not if it's going to happen. It's when it's going to happen. Right. So whoever signs him better be prepared to understand and know that they're not going to get 16 games out of him. You're going to get right. 10, you're going to get 10 to 12 games from AP. And that's, and that's, you know, if he doesn't suffer a major injury. Now, if, uh, if it's a major injury, then obviously he's going to miss more time. But let's say he's just totally, you know, uh, major injury free. He's still going to have Nicks and Bruce. I'm telling you, he's not going to play. He's going to play the most. I'm going to say 13 games. That's the that's the most that I give him next season, and that's him staying completely healthy. I think he plays 13 games next year. Right. Well, here's what here's what the situation is, and, and this was what which puts him I, I, where I don't think he is too crazy. <laughs> to, uh, you know, for what he wants. First of all, you look at Eddie Lacy. Eddie Lacy signs with the Seattle Seahawks for $5.5 million. $5.5 million. Now, Seattle did something smart. There's a weight clause involved with this, with, with this, uh, with this contract. So, you know, Eddie Lacy has to lay off. Of the Twinkies in the off season, there's no question. <laughs> now, I'm serious. It, there is a weight clause in this contract. I'm not sure exactly what it is, but it it, it, it probably takes money away from them depending on how much he weighs, which is good. But let, let's just say he shows up and does everything that Seattle wants him to. He's getting paid five point five million dollars. I gotta ask the question. I think Adrian Peterson, even in 10 games, is worth three more million than Eddie Lacy ever can be. And the fact that, and first of all, the fact that Seattle signed this guy for $5.5 million is ridiculous. Number one, they probably could have got him for $4 million. I think they paid a million and a half more because of the reason why. Because of the success of the franchise and Eddie Lacy, you know, say whatever you want. He ends up on the Cleveland Browns, okay? So I think they could have got him for $4 million. But the fact that they paid him $5.5 million 
just brings the stock of Adrian Peterson, even in 10 games, that much higher. I mean, I think it really does. And the fact that he's asking for $8 million, I don't think it's, it's too much of a stretch. Now, granted, that is a contract that is going to be heavily uh, favored in the first two years of any contract that he signs because he is getting closer to the edge at the end of the year. But I, I will tell you, the Minnesota Vikings need to go ahead and guarantee this guy $10 bucks and sign him to a three-year contract worth the, the money that he wants. Give him the eight million the first year, drop it down to seven, then drop it down to six. So in reality, when I look at this contract, this is a very easy contract for them in reality. Because when you when you you're not going to get anywhere. You're going to have to sign Adrian Peterson to a big contract. We all know it's about the the um, the signing bonus that will figure out how many years he really is valuable to your team. Sure, and, and I mean, you know, they, 10 million, sign a fifteen million dollar contract with them, and give them, uh, or even at that, make it make it a nineteen million dollar contract, give them ten, give them ten million guaranteed, work them for two years, and then cut him. I mean, it, the the fact of the matter is, I think he'd sign that contract guaranteed, and you got a guy. Yes, he's injury prone. That's the question, but really, there are not too many running backs can do what Adrian Peterson does. No, no, no. There's the, actually there might be one more other, there might be one other guy that could do it, and and he ain't leaving. He ain't leaving Pittsburgh. So that's uh, you know, that's that's the one guy. But you know, it's it's interesting. I, I, first of all, I love the I love the the, the weight clause in his, in Eddie Lacy's contract. I love it. Is yeah, I mean, because. You got. I mean, you, you just you don't you don't pay a guy five million bucks to be overweight. Sorry. Exactly. You don't you don't you don't you don't want to because you're giving them more money for Twinkies, like you said. So you don't exactly. want to do that. But but um, <laughs> yeah. As far as AP Sunny, I mean, there's got to be a team out there that that takes a chance. I think. Yeah. It's just you know. I mean, really. You think five years ago, who would have thought that we'd be sitting here talking about Adrian Peterson having a hard time finding a team to sign him, you know, because of his injuries? I mean, five yep. years ago, he was the most consistent running back, by far the best running back. And, right, 2015, you know, he was huge. I mean, we're talking about him breaking records and stuff. So, yep. uh, you know, it's, it's amazing how, you know, a couple of years can really change the you know, your perspective on on somebody on somebody you know it, it's that's the NFL that's the nature of it it's just it just happens like that so it's pretty crazy though pretty crazy how that happens. Hey, there's only two places this guy ends up at okay really in reality Green Bay is the only other place that he'll end up or Dallas I mean hell he lives in Palestine Texas for God's sake. So Dallas and Dallas could use a great backup. And how great is it that you got the number four draft, or the number four draft pick that you go out and you grab the 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 rookie of the year and doing everything that they got, and you can have a quote unquote backup running back 
that is Adrian Peterson. I, you know, I, I see him in Dallas. They're, in my mind, Dallas will itch him down and they'll grab him up because if there's any place that he pays for plays for less would be Dallas. I believe this. Um, so that is huge too. So you've got that up, when you're looking at the contracts and what's going on. But here's I, I found out what it, it was going to be. Peterson would have made $11.7 million this year, $6 million with the roster bonus that if he would have been picked up by the Vikings, that would have been automatic off the top. So Adrian Peterson at 11.7, that's, I, I get it that it's a hard one to swallow. I think you renegotiate the contract and get it there to where he can stay there and make it to where if he wants that money, you can give it to him, but renegotiate the contract so he doesn't take such a big hit. That's one thing that the Minnesota Vikings are not good at is figuring out contracts that make it better for their team to keep their guys. And obviously, Adrian Peterson is their guy. I mean, right now with no Teddy Bridgewater and no, no set in stone on when Teddy's going to get back, I think this is a football team that has to spend money in order to keep the guys that are going to help them win. And you can say whatever you want. Peterson is going to be able to get that done. Um, but Bridgewater is the other story, Cuervo. When you look at your franchise quarterback for your football team, that is not going to be around for you. This one is a, this one's a, I think this one right here, Cuervo, is a probably the biggest loss because remember, he didn't play last year, and Cuervo, he is due to miss uh, parts of this year because of this, this injury. I never really dug deep and down on what's going on or how Teddy Bridgewater was hurt. That having been said, Teddy Bridgewater is not even set to be able to play within the first six weeks of the season. Oh, wait. So Teddy's on the he's on the pup list. He might be. Well, they have they have time to put him on there, um, but uh, they haven't put him on there right now. Uh, but they're keeping Sam Bradford up there. Okay, so you know. Bradford and Bridgewater, they're going to get either one of them. And the, the reports I've been reading have been conflicting. So, which tells me I'm going the, the one that is longer. Okay. I think he was going to, I think they put him on the puck lists. I don't think he's going to be ready for the first six weeks of the season. But after that, um, that's where it's going to be. Sam Bradford is going to be one, is going to be there I, I, without question in my mind. Uh, and I think that um, that having been said, how, you know, you talk about a, a team that really got lucky last year with Sam Bradford. Now, Sam Bradford didn't look like he was when he was a rookie with the Rams, but he was he did exactly what a backup quarterback was supposed to do, which is help him win football games without the starting quarterback. Okay, well, I mean. I, I think you just have to wait and see where he's at in a couple of months, you know, towards the OTAs and all that stuff. And if he's if he's good, then, I mean, I don't see the point in putting him on the pup list. But if they feel like it's, it's necessary, then, you know, I mean, that's what I would do, Sonny. I would just wait and see. Don't do anything yeah, yet. Don't, don't knee-jerk react because – 
that could come back and hurt you later. But, you know, I mean, just kind of see where he's at in a couple months and, and go from there. All right. Now, this one I waited for a while because I, 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 wanted, I wanted to talk about it with you because of obviously, you know, what you do. Obviously, being a man that defends our country. And I, I just found Donald Trump and him talking about calling out. He, he, it, why Donald Trump calls out Colin Kaepernick, I'm completely lost on. I, I, and I'm, I'm missing why Donald Trump is worried about Colin Kaepernick um, at, at this point, and as far as that is concerned. But free agent Colin Kaepernick, okay. You know, he, he's trying to get the contract, okay? He's trying to be able to get a team. Remember, he walked away from the 49ers. The 49ers didn't cut him. So uh, he walked away from that whole thing. But now he's getting the buzz from one Donald Trump. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I just, I, I'm, I'm quite interested to hear what you think about Donald Trump, Um you know, calling out Colin Kaepernick. Well, I think from what I remember reading or hearing about Sonny, that Donald Trump, you know, President Trump's trying to, I don't want to say take credit, but kind of say that that uh, part of the reason why he uh, made the stance that he made and now he's deciding to back off of it or whatever, but that he had a lot to do with the whole situation. And in a way, maybe he's right, but at the same time, it's kind of like, this is not your, you should probably not comment on, even though you are the the president, the commander, as I I call him, as I have to call him. You know, I mean, it's probably not his thing to be commenting on it. I don't know. I mean, I, I just, I was wondering if you would actually say that. I agree. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, it's, I, it's there's a lot of things he is responsible for, but as far as yes. that, I don't think I don't think he had much to do with it. I mean, I don't think he was taking a knee for the national anthem because because he was running for president or wind up getting elected. Uh, it has a lot. It's, it, there's a lot more to it than that. It's just all the things going on in, in this world and his stance and whatnot. And but yeah, no, sorry, their president. It, it, it's not it has nothing to do with you. I, I I thought it was weird when I heard it too. Okay, he's taking yeah. credit, I guess, or or saying that he's yeah, he's kind of taking credit. So, I don't know. To me, it's a when I read it. Yeah, now whenever I read anything that starts with Donald Trump said, I just get ready for a giggle. But but that having been said, one Colin Kaepernick is out there. And let let me ask you, is he blackballed? For what he did last year with the Sandy, or is it because, the guy doesn't have talent, or what I think it is. It's a combination of both. I don't think I don't think because the NFL they don't give a rat's butt but what your your uh, stance is on anything. If you've got talent, you should be playing this game. And there have been many examples of that in the past in the NFL. Well, 
Well, sure. I mean, you know, I, I, I think it's a combination of both as well. I think that, um, you know, as far as where he was to where he is now, he's not going to get paid what he would have gotten paid three years ago. And, Absolutely. You know, some some players have to understand that. They can't live off of what they did, you know, two, three years ago. They got to you have to remember, it's, it's about now. What can you do now for a team? Not what did you do three years ago for a team? Nobody cares anymore. This is, that's it's more of what have you done for me lately. Yeah, and that's that's what it's about. It's not about what what you've done. It's what what can you do? What what can you do right. for a team from this point forward? And for Colin Kaepernick, I mean, what can he do for a team? That, that's the question people should be asking. If, if we're going to sign you, what can you do for this team? And honestly, right. I don't see a whole lot, to be honest with you, Sonny. I really don't. I don't see a whole right. lot. I I don't either. It's really interesting on, you know, I, I, you know, I, I, I see both sides, but at the same time, you know, I, I I can see a team going, listen, I ain't signing Colin Kaepernick regardless, and I can see the reason why. Not standing, listen, I, I know there's some very hugely patriotic people in this country, and some of them are owners of football teams, okay? Then there are some of those owners who can give a rat's big fat butt whether or not uh, what you do. It's what you do out on the football field that really matters. And it don't matter what you did off of the football field. There are many examples in the NFL where you got guys that are playing football, you know, that, you know, you question, wow, look at this guy. He's a scumbag, but yet the guy's playing NFL football. So um, it, it, I find it very interesting, you know, about where certain certain players end up and where they don't, you can usually make a pretty good guess on where they're going to end up, whether it's the Dallas the Jets, you know, teams that are known to get these players that are questionable in character. Uh, and, and the fact that they end up on these teams surprises me not. So, you know, Colin Kaepernick, I think the fact that he didn't stand is a big, big part of the reason why he was not playing or doesn't have a team right now. But also, more than the fact, you know, that whole situation, I, I think, really, really kind of took away. I'm wondering in my mind if this guy was starting quarterback for the 49ers of a couple of things. Number one, would he have done what he did? And then second of all, would he have played as bad as he is? Because I'm going to tell you, all you got to do is look at the way this guy played when he had Jim Harbaugh as his head coach. And we knew Jim Harbaugh was on his way out his last year, so I don't even count that year, Cuervo. I really don't. You know, that guy knew he was going to be gone. He didn't give a rest, big fat butt, what went on. I don't even think he even tried to win football games. I really don't. And, and he can say whatever he wants, but I'm still going to go with that thinking. I don't hold it against him because he was, you know, kind of getting the shaft. But at the same time, you know, his last year in San Francisco – he was not one to write home to mama about. But the years before that, he proved that he was an NFL quarterback or NFL head coach and deserved to be paid paid amongst the top. So I think he got the best out of Colin Kaepernick. I think there's some teams that can get something out of him. 
The question is, is who would those teams be? I'm going to tell you, I, you know, you know, Joe Montana was great. But the fact, I think the Kansas City Chiefs could use this guy. I think the guy's got talent. I think he can play, but he's got to have the right coach. And that question would be, if you look at Jim Harbaugh, I think Jim Harbaugh's one of the last of the, uh, of the old-timers. His attitude on how to coach instead of the new timing. I think he's one that knows how to mix it right. He was good at it. I think, and now when I look at coaches in the NFL, I think Andy Reid's definitely figured that out. I mean, look at what he's done with the Kansas City Chiefs with, with, with guys. I think he can make, you know, to steal a term of, uh, of one uh, President Trump, I think he can make Colin Kaepernick great again. I do. I think he's got that way of doing that. Look what he did with Donovan McNabb. This guy wasn't any good. I mean, I'm sorry, he wasn't. And I think Andy Reid made uh, – I, I think Andy Reid made him. So I think he could do that. You've got to find a coach that can reinvent Colin Kaepernick and change his attitude toward the game. Because let's be honest, the way you look at Colin Kaepernick right now, you look at him as this guy is a very disinterested individual. He's not a very trusted individual, is that what you said? No, disinterested. He looks disinterested, doesn't oh. he? I mean, incredible. This guy doesn't look like he's been in the game for three years. And I don't think it's because of lack of talent. Because I think he's got the talent. I think he's been disinterested because of who his coaches were. The last year when Harbaugh was there, Harbaugh wasn't even into it. I'm going to put it out there. Harbaugh wasn't even into it. So it's hard to get your guy who you trusted to get into it as well. I think he needs to have the right head coach. And I don't know if there are too many of them out there. And there's only a few that I can think of. One's Andy Reid, the other's Sean Payton. I think that's where Colin Kaepernick needs to be. I think he needs to be backing up Drew Brees. Um, I think that's where it needs to go. I think the Saints are missing out on getting a quality guy, and that's a good football team. I think he needs to go to a good football team to where he can have the change of attitude that he needs in order to play well. And sometimes that comes from the coaches. I mean, really, you thought about Colin Kaepernick before, you know, before Alex Smith was booted out of San Francisco. No one thought of Colin Kaepernick. I think he needs that kind of coach. Yeah, I mean, you you might be right, Sonny. I mean, he's he's going to need a coach that can really help him bounce back and and be a you know a really good mentor to him uh, because that's right. what he needs right now. Yeah, I think he. I, I and I, and I don't know. I mean, can Drew Brees make it through another year without getting hurt? I, which, by the way, I th- I find Drew Drew Brees amazing. It's almost too bad that he plays for the Saints. They're not getting the the stuff around them. Hopefully they will this year. But I, I, the Drew Brees, I think, would be a great guy for this guy to learn from and to maybe change an attitude. Because really, if you look at Colin Kaepernick, that's what he needs. He needs a change in attitude. And not because of his personal attitude is incorrect. It's his professional attitude that needs to be corrected. That's what I think when I look at him. I, I, I look at him and I go, this guy needs needs to look at his profession and what he does for a living and change his way of doing things because it's not there. I, I think I think he had it in Jim Harbaugh those first couple of years that he was with him. 
Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, it, it kind of, you know what it reminds me of, Sonny? I mean, this is going to be, this might be a really, I guess, way out of left field comparison because what I'm about to bring up is not a team sport. It's more of an individual sport, but it kind of has the same feeling. So what, what, what Colin Kaepernick, what Jim Harbaugh meant to Colin Kaepernick, it, it almost reminds you of, Mike Tyson, when Custom Model was his trainer, okay, and then right. he passed away. Okay. And, and Mike Mike Tyson was on top of the world. I mean, he's the heavyweight champion, and and he was well on his way to being one of the great heavyweight champions of all time, which I still think he is. He's, I do actually, too. Actually, he's my fa- he's my favorite boxer of all time. But, um, you know, and then Custom Model passes away, and. Mike Tyson's just not the same guy that he was because he lost right. that father figure, that mentor, in custom model. Now, take take that and compare it to what Jim Harbaugh meant to Colin Kaepernick. Okay, they right. didn't win a Super Bowl, but they got there. They got to a Super Bowl. They went to three straight NFL Twice. championship games. They oh, were on yeah, their exactly. way. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they went to three. They went to three. They were on their way to. They would have gotten one. They would have. They would have won a Super Bowl, whether it was the top, the very next year, or whatever. They would have won a Super Bowl. I I believe. I agree. Because I agree with because you. Because here's the, here's the thing too. A lot of people forget. Had Jim Harbaugh stayed in San Francisco, Patrick Willis would have never retired. Okay, the other linebacker that they had never would have retired. Um, Navarro Bowman would still be uh, you know a top linebacker in the league. And they probably would have gotten better. It, it, it was a destination that free agents would have been more interested in. Uh, and the, the 49ers as a whole would have been an even better team than they were the year that they got to the Super Bowl. Right. Now Jim Harbaugh is out of the picture. And now where's Colin Kaepernick? He's lost. Like, he is not the same person that he once was because he doesn't have Jim Harbaugh there anymore. And that's what I'm saying. It's just it, it, it kind of has the same feeling like with Tyson because after the model passed away, he was just not the same guy. So, yes. Um, you know, he, he Colin's the type of guy, it seems, that he needs somebody to still help him, help guide him. What direction do I go? Because he's not quite there yet. He doesn't figure out how to get where he wants to go by himself. He needs somebody to, to help steer him there. So, um, you know, that, that's what I think with Kaepernick. If he, can find a, if he can find a team that'll help him go in the right direction, help get him there, steer him in the right direction, then I think he can go back to being the quarterback that he, at least close to what he once was. Going to a team like Cleveland yes. is not going to help him. Going to Cleveland is no. not going to help him one bit. Not at all. I think the, not at all. I think the I think the Jets are a good possibility. Todd Bowles could help him. Uh, I think that um, Chicago would not be a good place for him, it's, and it's not because I don't want him there. John Fox is not. He's not that motivational type coach that Colin Kaepernick. I agree is. with you. Yeah. So. You know, he needs a coach that's going to motivate him to to look him in the face and say, "Look, you're better than what you've been the past couple of years, and I know you've got it in you. 
now now show it. So uh, the Bears would be a horrible choice for him. Um, I agree. You know, I think I'm the Saints are a good place. I think I the Saints are a good place for him to go. I think Arizona is good too. Arizona could be potentially a good place for him as well. Arians, Bruce Arians, yes. I, as a matter of fact, yeah, exactly. I thought that last year. I, I said the Arizona Cardinals needed to go get him last year. Uh, and now, granted, they got they got okay with with Carson Palmer, but he would have been a great backup at that time uh, for him to go. And, and the change of attitude. I, Arizona is a good a good example. So I think the Jets. I don't know. I think there's too much pressure in New York for him to be, you know, for the Jets. I really do. That New York media is also, it gives them too much ammunition to be able to put whatever he wants to put out there. I think that'd be not necessary. But I, I think I think another team that would be good for him. Well, now they got a new coach, but I, I don't know. Sandy, I always thought San Diego wouldn't be the worst place for him to end up being backed up with uh, Philip Rivers. You want to talk? You don't talk about a guy that is a, kind of a winner, but unfortunately hasn't been on a winning team. I, I think Philip Rivers is a winner. I think that guy knows. I, I think he's. I, I just think that's what he is. I think that's what he brings—a uh, winning attitude um, for for that kind of stuff. I think you know. Yeah, I, I don't know. What do you think about San Diego? I think if he was to go a place like that, Sonny, he would have to <laughs> – it may sound funny, but he's going to have to get a lot more patriotic because, I mean, obviously San Diego is – All that right. Yeah, you're right. He's going to have – he can't be doing – he can't be pulling these stunts that he's been pulling, taking a knee and all this craziness. So he's gonna yeah, have to, I think you're right. He's going to have to stop with all that nonsense. Yeah, I forgot about the military influence in San Diego with the uh, with the naval bases and everything in that area. I forgot about that. So you might be right about that. So maybe that is not the place to go. Uh, too many outside outside <laughs> you know outside distractions that could come into play for him there. Yeah. yeah good point. Good point. <laughs> but good point uh, for him. But. Um, an interesting thing, I mean, I, I, I always thought Colin Kaepernick could go somewhere. I, I think the guy's got talent, just has to have the right team. Now, another thing as far as that's concerned, you know, the right team, but like you said, going to Cleveland is not the place for him to go. And the reason being is Cleveland don't know how to win. I think the guy needs to go to a team that knows that can win. That's why, you know, the, they can win. So the Saints would be good for it. Um, so I like that idea, a, a team that can possibly win. Now, another crazy place I thought about him is that if you got it, if you got a Cam Newton that can't stay healthy, now, but that's another military area. I get what you're saying, um, but the offense I think fits for Colin Kaepernick over there, as far as uh, as far as Carolina is concerned, Cuervo. Uh, where, where's that, Sonny? Carolina. I mean, a backup to Cam Newton. I mean, because if Cam Newton's hurt, you you know, I, I but, and looking at that coaching staff over there as well, I think Ron Rivera has figured out how to get that young player to play. You know, uh, it, but he's still got a little bit of old school mentality in him. So, and and he he finds players to play for him, and there's no question about that. So, you know. 
that whole situation, I think, could be good for him as well. I I think you've got to – I think that could work. I think that could possibly work. Um, I The only downfall I see to that is maybe he won't respond to the way uh, Ron Rivera coaches. He's a little more authoritative, I guess you could say, and I don't know how right. Kaepernick would respond to a guy like that. Um, you would think that maybe it would help shape him back into uh, a more disciplined guy, because uh, maybe that's what he needs—a little discipline. But I don't know if I don't know if Kaepernick would respond to that. That'd be interesting. Like, I just don't know. Yeah, it would be. It would be real interesting to see. Like, you know, would he? How would he respond to a guy like Ron Rivera? Yeah. So there's places in, for him. I, and I think there's, you know, I, I, he, he is, I think he is being blackballed. I don't think there's, I, I think there is a point to that. However, I don't think it's so much so that, that there's, he's blackballed himself completely out of the NFL. You know, and, and frankly, you know, down in Tampa Bay, I think that'd be a good place for him as well. Behind Winston, even though he'd have to suck that up. That I think that would be that might be hard. Winston being behind Winston, sucking that up. But sooner or later, you and I also know that I think Winston's going to get hurt just the way he plays the game. And you got to just look at Cam Newton. I mean, the guy takes some takes some unnecessary risks. And he's he's hurt, um, you know. Some other some other quarterbacks that take that the RG three um, taking those unnecessary things. Um, it, it, it it's crazy. It is, yeah. It it, it is pretty crazy. I mean, you know. But I I think uh, you know, again, um, it's it's all about Kaepernick and and if he's willing to respond to a coach that is trying to help him get better because Ka- Kaepernick, he just seems like a stubborn, seems like a hard-headed type guy. Um, I think you're right. You know, I think you're absolutely you know, right. And so that to me, I mean, just kind of like with Harbaugh, he had him in line. He had him in right. line and he gave him a chance and, and it worked out. Uh, I think that was the other thing too, Cuervo. They gave, they gave him he gave him the chance, and then when the other guy was healthy to come back, they, they he said no, we're we're in keeping. And then they ended up getting rid of him. So there's got I think there's got to be a dedicated, like you said, a coach that might be dedicated to him. But obviously, anywhere he goes, he's not going to be a starter. I don't think there's any place where he can end up being the starter. Anywhere, unless it's just a crap team like the Browns, you know. But, I mean, really a a legitimate NFL football team, he's going to have to suck it up and be the backup. Yeah, he's going to have to, and that's something that he's going to have to understand. Like, look, you're probably not going to be our starter. It's going to go something along the lines of that. But, hey, what we're going to do for you is we're going to – you know, give you the opportunity to compete for a starting job. You know, just um, – I mean, that may not actually happen, but, hey, I mean, at least kind of get him motivated to to believe in that. And, and if, if right. he can do it, then, I mean, the, you know, it could work out in your favor and he responds. 
it'd be interesting to see where he goes. Now, I've been having computer problems, and I finally got my computer back up as we're limiting conversation about uh, Colin Kaepernick. And what we're going to do is we're going to get into my next break that we should have took 15 minutes ago. We're going to do that. We're going to take the quick break here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. When we come back, Cuervo, uh, some other stuff that we're going to end up talking about. Do you have anything on the NBA that you want to talk or the uh, Major League Baseball you want to talk about? Uh, nothing specific that I could think of, Sonny. Uh, okay, good but, because um, there's still yeah. a lot of there's still a lot of football that I got up on the list here. So let's do that. It looks like we may bail on uh, on basketball and the uh, and the uh, major league baseball. That's going to be opening up here in a couple of weeks, but probably we'll jump on it then. But more football when we come back here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. We'll be right back. In 1998, Scooter's Coffee was born. Co-founders Don and Linda Eccles began their amazing journey when they opened up their first drive through coffee house in Bellevue, Nebraska. Their motto is, amazing people serving amazing drinks amazingly fast. Scooter's only roast from the top 10% specialty coffee beans in the world. And their specialty, the Caramelicious. If you're new to Scooter's, you can't go wrong with ordering this rich velvety caramel gem. So make sure you check out Scooter's Coffee, located at Rowlett Road in the 66 with a convenient drive through so you can get onto your business real quick. That's Scooter's Coffee, located in Rowlett. selling your home could be the single most important decision you make in your life. You need someone with the experience and know-how to help you through this decision. Brian Chadwick of JP and Associate Realtors has you covered. Knowing the specifics of the Rowlett and Rockwall area is his specialty. Contact Brian at 972-533-9059 or visit him on the web at brianchadwick.jphomesforsale.com that's Brian with a Y, not Nye Chadwick, dot jphomesforsale.com. At Chang Lee Saekwondo, learn the art of self-defense, discipline, respect, physical development, and mental focus. Become the best that you can be. At Chang Lee Saekwondo, we offer an after-school program, fitness kickboxing, birthday parties, summer camp, and homeschool classes. Check out our one-year anniversary special. Two weeks in a free uniform for $19.99. That's right, $19.99 gets you two weeks and the free uniform. Check out Chang Lee's at 469-506-4483 or visit them on the web at mychanglees.com. This is Sonny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about the Mitchell Law Firm. Looking for a bankruptcy attorney in Rowlett? Talk directly to your bankruptcy attorney, not their paralegal. Get a personal touch directly from Greg Mitchell. The Mitchell Law Firm handles a wide variety of bankruptcy-related matters, including litigation arising out of bankruptcy matters in state as well as federal court. We represent both individual and small business debtors in Chapter 7, Chapter 11, and Chapter 13 bankruptcies. 
For more information, come in contact with Greg Mitchell at 972-463-8417. That's 972-463-8417. Or visit him on the web at www.mitchellps.com. Are you in need of an electrician in the Rowlett, Rockwall, or Saxe area? What kind of electrical work needs to be done, residential, business, or industrial? Contact Allen Bauer Electric for all of your electrical needs. It's important to have a qualified licensed electrician taking care of any electrical problems you may be having, so your loved one or customers are safe. We have built our business on quality for a fair price and good customer service, but of course... Give Alan Bauer Electric a call at 214-356-0197 and tell him Sonny sent you. Alan Bauer Electric, proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. As we're now seasoned, you know, Sonny wants to get up and relax a little bit, and before he hits it and looks at all the things that we want to talk about, take a little bit more time. Prayer vote, we don't want him to get up too early in the off-season on a Sunday morning to get, so we start a little bit later, usually around noon, unless Sonny has to work on a Sunday, then we'll kick it off at about 9 o'clock. If we're starting off at noon, being Sonny's got the day off, so that's what we got going on here today. As we are talking the NFL, and uh, folks, there are a lot of things and lots of news stories. There are a lot of players, Cuervo, that are out in free agency. Let's talk a little bit about one quarterback that you were glad is gone. I I don't know if you'd rather have the two that are there in Chicago instead of the one that you got rid of. Um, That having been said, Jay Cutler is still available in the NFL. Is Jay Cutler going to play football in the NFL next season? Yes, I think he will. Um, But again, this is another guy that, you know, um, and I understand why teams are hesitant, but the fact of the matter is, you know, he's still not signed and, you know, all that talk about how interested the Jets were when free agency started, well, I don't know where the interest went. Maybe it flew out the window, but uh, but I haven't seen it. Because there's no Brandon Marshall there now, right? Well, that, well, Sonny, actually, that's more of a reason to bring Jay in because now that Marshall is on the other New York team, see, what a lot of people don't remember uh, when, when Marshall left Chicago – um, and and it's this, this part I'm kind of it's kind of sad to hear, but it, a, a a long friendship ended for the most part between those two, uh, and there was really no way to patch it up. I guess you could say um, what happened between Marshall and Cutler was it was kind of it was kind of disappointing in the team because those guys did so much together. Uh, going back to when they were in Denver and they came, then they reunited in Chicago. And I mean, you're talking about you know, a top, you know, top duo at one point in time in the league. You know, kind of like, I mean, <laughs> you can laugh if you want, but they were they were putting up numbers comparable to Peyton Manning, Marvin Harrison. Okay, that that's right. 
that's where the direction they were headed. And, you know, the last year that Brandon Marshall was in Chicago, it just, there's a lot of finger pointing because the team started getting worse and, and they, uh, you know, they didn't quite make it to the, to the uh, playoffs and, you know, all that stuff happened. So there's a lot of finger pointing and the new GM came in and, and a lot of stuff changed and, you know, a, a friendship between those two ended, and it was that was kind of disappointing and sad to see because those guys those guys were great together, and now that you know Marshall is a giant, uh, gives the Jets a better shot at landing Jay Cutler. So if Marshall was still there, there's no way you're getting Cutler. There's no way. So that being said, Sonny, I, I think the Jets like their chances because of the fact that Marshall was gone. And um, yeah. Now, now whether what their reasoning why waiting? I guess what they're trying to do is maybe try and uh, convince, you know, talk him down to sign for less. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's what you know the situation is going on with Adrian Peterson as well. I'm gonna tell you right now, Sonny. Good luck with that because these two guys. Uh, are guys that will tell you, look, look what I've done in my career. More AP than, than Cutler. Let's let's be real here, but uh, sure. But he, but I mean, even Cutler, well, two years ago had you could you could argue you could argue Sonny that he had good enough numbers to be a Pro Bowl quarterback. Jay Cutler, two years ago, if you go back and you yes. look at his numbers, I agree. I agree. Yes, I agree with you, hundred percent. So, you know, with, the, with that being said, I mean, but again, they have to understand they cannot live just like Colin Kaepernick. You can't live off of what you did before. It's what can you do from this point going forward? And for those three guys, I mean, they haven't really shown a whole lot in the past year or two. So, with that said, I mean, it, it's 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 almost a staring contest. Who links first, and, and that's the loser. So um, that's what you got with Jay Cutler, though, Sonny. I mean, you know. But at the same time, if I know Jay, he's not in a rush to sign with the team. If I know yeah. Jay, like I do, he's definitely not. I'm, I I get exactly what you're saying. The guy who's disinterested. Oh well, if I get a team, great. If not, oh well. That goes along with his attitude. Like wherever I mean, he's no rush to sign anywhere. The guy's made his he's made his money, and thank you, Chicago Bears, is what he's saying. Uh, but that being said, the fact that he's made as much money, he's he knows he'll be signed somewhere, and it can be last minute. There's another guy. If the quarterback goes down, you might have to throw a little bit and try to bring him in because I don't know. I'll be honest. I don't know who's better. Is it Colin Kaepernick or Jay Cutler? My mind tells me that it should be uh, Kaepernick, but that being said, he's not necessarily that pocket quarterback that I find to be successful in the NFL, and Jay Cutler is that pocket quarterback that it is. So that's an interesting story in itself. Um, but, but I think he does. I think he will end up on a football team when someone goes down, which is always – it happens every year, Cuervo. Uh, a major quarterback goes down at the beginning of the season, uh, or a team won't have a guy, you know. Now, granted, he's got to fit an offense. I mean, you don't want to see Jay Cutler go down to Carolina because the, the offense is not built for a guy like 
a Jay Cutler, but I mean, I think he could, I think you're right. I think he could get a job over there. Uh, really interesting. Now, that having been said, Cuervo, the Michael Floyd deal is a very, very interesting one. Michael Floyd, wide receiver, Arizona Cardinals slash um, the uh, Patriots. He ended up getting the ring because he was on the team. He didn't spend any time. He was, uh, he, he was on the roster, so he gets the ring. Uh, interestingly enough, that having been said, there is an interesting guy. Uh, he's a character problem, obviously, because of his uh, long legal complications that he's got to deal with everything he is. But the Arizona Cardinals, I will tell you, the Arizona Cardinals might get lucky. I think the Arizona Cardinals should go back and get Michael Floyd on that football team, Cuervo. I think it's a mistake that he went away in the first place. I think the Arizona Cardinals, I think they, I don't know. I don't, do you see the Arizona Cardinals go back to Michael Floyd? Um, I honestly, I don't, I don't know, Sonny. I don't think I do because just the fact that they gave him up like they did, why would Michael Floyd want to go back is my question. That could be a big question, you know I mean? yes. If I'm Michael Floyd, that's what I'm thinking. Why would I want to go back to a team like like Arizona. Why would I want to go back to Arizona? They were they were so quick to get rid of me. Now now they want me back? Like I don't know if I want to do this or not. You know, it, it's, it's, a, it's an uh, interesting question. You know, I mean it's uh it's it's one of those things. Do I go back to a team that didn't want me or or do I say do I let, do I let my pride get in the way, and I try to sign with another team? Right. So. The, the the deal on him, uh, folks that don't know, extreme DUI. Not just a DUI. It's it's extreme. That means it's happened more than once. Let's be honest. That's what it means. Um, but you know how the NFL players. I mean, if they show a glimpse of talent, uh, where we would be now. I think this guy can play on the NFL level. I think it don't even matter what team he plays on. He makes the team at wide receiver a little bit better, regardless wherever he goes, because this guy is the number two on any football team. And it's one of the most lacking positions in reality, which is a true number two wide receiver out on the football field for any quarterback. I mean, you always got that number one. That always, but it's always a question: who's number one, who's number two? Michael Floyd's a number two, um, at least as of late. And then late in his career, he got better. At the beginning, it took a little while to get where he's at. But I think this guy is a solid number two, um, which in reality, Cuervo, he kind of reminds me of Alshon Jeffries. Okay. Isn't he still available, Cuervo? Is Jeffrey still out there, or did he sign? Yeah, yeah. Alshon Jeffrey's a Philadelphia Eagle. Ah, ah, I didn't know that. That was a pretty good signing for them, Cuervo. I mean, you think about well, it. I, I think that's a good pickup for them. $14 million. One year, $14 million is what the Eagles gave him. Now, Ooh, now that 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 was a hit. I don't know if I'd go fourteen mil. <laughs> yeah, 
That's what. That was, Wait, when I that, that's it. almost like a Glennon signing right there. But yeah, fourteen. Wow, that's a lot of money. Uh, no, for for a guy that um that is that has injury issues and um you know recently had a drug issue. I don't know. Like you said, fourteen million dollars is quite a bit. So when when I saw what the Eagles signed him for, I'm like, I'm glad we didn't keep him. I'm glad he's gone. So exactly. I'm sorry. I'm just maybe maybe I'm a cheapskate, Sonny, but but man, I'm I'm not about to pay a guy that that gets hurt that gets hurt half the season. On top of that, you know, gets suspended for four games for PED use. I'm not going to pay a guy. Fourteen million bucks for that. That's that's what I'm getting. Yeah. At Fourteen million dollars. No. Thanks. Can't we get better? Yeah. No. no that would that would be the big question, right? Can't we do better than that? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So. I jump up there. I take a man, Quan Bolden, over him, and, and the reason why I would is because, first of all. I don't know. I, I, he's going to be like a Tim Brown Cuervo. I think this guy makes the I think he makes the the, the Hall of Fame. But I think it's going to take you know about six or seven opportunities, maybe even eight, before he gets into the Hall of Fame. I think Anquan Bolden. I think I'd rather have Anquan Bolden because what are you getting? And, and Anquan's not signed. I'm very interested to see if the Lions grab this guy back up. Is there no more wide receiver on that football team? They haven't re-signed Cuervo, which is, to me, a great big mistake. I mean, now remember at the beginning of the season, we were talking about Anquan Bolden and what he may or may not be able to bring to a team. And look what he did up there. I mean, he, he just, just showed that he is Anquan Bolden, how great he is. I mean, just when you think his, his... – his career's over. I mean, he turns around and has a season like he did, you know, uh, was it last year, two years ago? And, um, yeah. You know, he shows that. I mean, I mean no one was driving this guy up, man. Everybody was talking about this guy being washed. Man, big time washed. And, mm-hmm. it, and I, it, I don't know, good, bad, or indifferent, that, you know, it, you, can, you can ask yourself that question. But Anquan Bolden, did he, I think, didn't he win the Super Bowl with the Ravens? I think he's got the Super Bowl ring, so he's got the yeah. experience. Um, with the Lions, six, six, now, now the numbers don't sound, sound incredible uh, when you look at it. 67 receptions, 584 yards. But the big one, Cuervo, is the eight touchdowns. With Matthew Stafford, I mean, at, you know, he was the target. He was the guy. That, that, you know, didn't necessarily replace Calvin Johnson, okay? But this guy got a lot of looks in the end zone, uh, you know, and made Matthew Stafford, I'm going to tell you right now, Cuervo, I think Matthew Stafford is a better quarterback now. And I, I said it when they, lost, when they lost Megatron, that he will become a more complete quarterback now that they lost him. Everybody thought I was crazy, Cuervo, but look what the Lions did last year without Calvin Johnson. Cuervo, they didn't miss him. They did not miss Calvin Johnson one second last season. No, they didn't. Actually, Matthew Stafford got better. We talked about that during the season. Is Matthew Stafford looks more comfortable? We talked about it before the season, Cuervo. We yeah, talked well, about I mean, that yeah, before we... the season. 
we talked about it, Sonny, but when when I actually saw it with my own eyes, how much fluid and, and, and how much better he looks without Calvin Johnson, that told me that Stafford can't he can't play with a a guy like Johnson in the sense of I want the ball. You're gonna throw me the ball twenty times a game. Like that's not exactly. who Stafford is. He's not He's not a guy that that can stick to just one. He's not Cutler. That's how Cutler was. He was he was looking Marshall's way every time when he was in Chicago, yep. and he was locking in on Brandon Marshall every time. Stafford, and this is what I like about him. Now now I do. He's more. Yeah. Hey man, if you're open, I'm, the ball's coming to you. Okay. Exactly. He loves to spread. He lo- Now I wish he would throw it to tight ends a little bit more, but. He does spread it around pretty nicely. Nine nine different targets in three games last season, Cuervo. That that right there, I mean, he's looking away. He's going to his number two, number three. Just like you always thought, instead of trying to force that ball into Calvin Johnson, and just as I said before the season, it was the best thing to happen to this guy. 4,327 yards. Okay, average of 270 yards a game, 24 touchdowns, Cuervo, and I'm telling you, a passer rating of 93.3, it does not get too much better than that in the NFL. Now, granted, you'll have some quarterback sales for 33, 34. It was just the quality of the touchdown in reality when you looked at Matthew Stafford compared to the guys that were at 28, 29, even in the 30s. And the fact of where this team came from, we talked about it. In the fourth quarter, this guy was money in the fourth quarter for the Lions. And that's what's going to make the NFC North, I think, even more interesting this year. You get a second-year Matthew Stafford looking off of a number one going to two, you know, option number two, three, and four. You know, that makes that's going to make this. And Aaron, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to say something crazy. If I'm playing fantasy football, I'm going to take Matthew. I'm going to take Matthew Stafford before I take Aaron Rodgers, and I'm going to tell you the reason why. In the first part of Matthew Stafford's career, the guy couldn't stay healthy. For the last four seasons, he's been healthy. Last four seasons, Aaron Rodgers has been questionable with his with his. Not only that, he's got a shoulder injury of carrying the football team and having to help him win a game in order to get to the playoffs. Matthew Stafford does not have to be that guy. And in turn, I think he's going to last longer this next season. And in reality, he may not get more fantasy points, but the quality of the play that this guy's going to give you as a fantasy guy, I think I'm liking Matthew Stafford as my number one, or, or not necessarily number one, but he's definitely he moved into the top five in the quarterbacks in the NFL. I think Matthew Stafford is number five. As, <clears throat> number five on well, in the NFL at the right quarterback now. position, Cuervo. I, I mean, there's not too many out better than him right now, and I think next year he has his, he has even a better season. I think he probably will throw about three or four more touchdowns. He'll end up with just under 30 touchdowns. He's going to go again for 270, 280 each game, and he is going to be uh, the Lions if they get him a weapon that can. Fit the system of last year, which means I got to have the ball. Is not a guy that you need, 
then then that'll even help them even more. You got to find the unselfish wide receiver that can play with them. And I'll tell you that that if they can find that guy, that'll even make the Lions be that much better. Wow, that's a bold statement, Sonny. I mean, and I'm I think he's number five. I wonder, I wonder how crazy that statement is because it's off the top of my head. But I think he's number five, number six, as far as quarterbacks in the NFL right now that I think I'd want. I think, I, you know, I, I got the I got the list in front of me, and I'm looking at it, and I obviously Brady. You want Brady? I think you want him more. Um, I think he's I think he's going to be better than Aaron Rodgers next year. I, he's got to be up there. I mean, I, I'm looking at these names. Dak is good, but I don't want to put him. Brady's definite in front of him. Um, now I like Carr. Carr I think is 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 very good. I think Carr has moved himself up, but I don't think he moved up to number five. Um, Breeze, Newton, no. Winston, no. Nobody in the AFC South. I think he's be- I think he's better than Andrew Luck. So. Flacco, Big Ben, Dalton. He, him. I think him. I think he's better than Flack. I, I, you know what? I'm gonna sound. I'm gonna sound crazy. Just, just a quick look at this for next season. I think he's number four. I think he's number four. I, you know, I'm looking at these names and I just, I can't. I mean, it just depends. If Russell Wilson is healthy, he might be just as good as Russ, Russell Wilson. And I have Wilson probably at number three. He, he is that good. I hate to even say that. Um, I, think he's, I, I think Aaron Rodgers has moved to number five. I just, you know, and I know how good he is, and I get it. But this guy's not giving me any help. It's not the fact that I don't think he's better. I think he can be. But it's the team that's not helping him be better, Cuervo, if that makes any sense. This guy, first of all, they need an offensive line. I've never seen a quarterback run so much in my life. Aaron Rodgers runs way too much for a pocket passer. Although he's good at it, I think he runs way too much. They need an offensive line big time to help them. They need some wide receivers. I mean, I mean you've you, you seen that when, when, the, when his number one goes down, Jordy Nelson, I mean, without his guy, he isn't there. So it's a foot, I think that's a football problem more so than Aaron Rodgers. Man, I, I, I don't know, Cuervo. Where do you think Matthew Stafford is in line in the NFL at the quarterback position? Um, well, I'd have to think about it for a second, Sonny. But if I had to – I would definitely say – Top ten, I, I'm somewhere in the top ten. That's only uh, top ten. I would go. See, I, I, I would have to list them out. <laughs> Maybe that's something we could do next week. Is you know do it. Yeah, we we got to we got to list it out. We'll do that. We'll list the quarterbacks. Obviously, we'll find out who the quote unquote starter is slash maybe backup or quarterback competition. We'll do that next week. But, man, I'm liking me some Matthew Stafford. In fact, I'm going to even give you my first first prediction of next year. I think the Lions are going to win this division. And I, just more than the fact, yeah, I think they're going to win the NFC North. And, and more than that, it goes back to what I've always been saying about Aaron Rodgers. 
let, let's be honest. If he didn't whip off eight, eight, you know, what was it, seven or eight victories in a row at the end, you know, the, the Lions would have won that division. They, they were just that they were just that good this year, and and relatively, they haven't lost a lot. I've been watching the Lions and where, what they they haven't lost a lot. And if they can grab a guy that is going to be unselfish to help them even more, you know. Matthew Stafford is, and not only that, Cuervo, this, this guy's still relatively young. I mean, he is 29 years old, so he is just now moving into just getting to where he can be, you know, moving, moving into the prime of his career. And, and he doesn't necessarily have that number one guy, and I, I think that's best for him. I, it'll be an interesting season to see what happens with Matthew Stafford um, next season. Now, that having been said, we've been talking a lot of NFL, obviously. That's just what we do best here on this show. And, and lots of news. Is there something that you wanted to talk about that has happened in the NFL that we have not talked about yet? Or something that I missed because I know there's some there's some news out there um, as far as uh, guys are concerned, but I think we covered a lot of what's been going on in the NFL. Uh, we have Sonny. We have um, it, it's. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. I mean, we we really covered everything as far as the NFL is concerned. Uh, you know, obviously the big thing is just the draft itself. You know, uh, you know where yeah, that's coming go up. and you know, um, which we need we need to start uh, talking about. Uh, are we going to do our draft show this year, or can, Absolutely. can we plan that it, out? It, or, that's or, it starts on a Thursday, right? It does. It does. And I need to find out when that first day because I'm going to request that day off. And, um, and and so I can be there for that because I'm gonna I'm gonna have that. I can tell you right now. A lot now, of times that. I can tell you right now, Tony. It is going to be on April twenty seventh. That is the day. I will I'm request going. that day off. Uh, when I get off the phone, I'll put in for that uh, to get that day off. At least the evening. Not on my work in the morning, but uh, in the evening. Uh, I'll ask for that day off. That'll be good for them. Uh, good for our show. So yes, we will do that. And hey, we've been doing it. We did it last year, didn't we? Uh, we did, but it, I remember you were on for a little while, and then you had to. I had to. Came I had to bail. Yeah. Yeah, you bailed. I had to bail. You definitely bailed. So you stayed on. You stayed on with Tarvin. So at least we were on. So uh, interest. Interesting thing here. So. Um, yeah, oh, I, I, I'm looking at the, the the lineup that I had on things to talk about. Uh, uh, Super Bowl jersey, uh, there's a story that says, I, I can't believe they're worried about this, I guess. Maybe it's the value of a jersey, I don't know. But it looks like the authorities have recovered the Super Bowl jersey that Tom Brady evidently it got stolen. I didn't. I, I didn't even know about this story. I mean, but and, and the reason why they know is they compared the grass stains uh, from the one that was stolen to the one that they recovered, and they said it's the one. So, um, and, and interesting. I mean, I mean, how much? How much is that jersey worth? Do you think? Uh, the Brady. Yeah, the Brady jersey. How much do you so think the black that Mark? The black market had it at a half a million. Really? Yes. 
that to me that to me is amazing. I mean, I, I and, and listen, I love Tom Brady. I, I mean, I'm, I you know, I don't, I, I guess, I mean, I, I, I guess I don't understand the value of it. I think I'd rather have a new one, but maybe it's me. I mean, I know it's about owning history. I get it. I, I mean, I get it. I just don't know if I would invest that much into it. So, um, yeah, it, that that was a, a big story that was that went out, and it, it, they compared it. Uh, um, uh, Von Miller, I think his his helmet got stolen, and they they recovered the 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 helmet. So uh, interesting. I never really thought about you know that kind of stuff. I'm not a I'm not necessarily a memorabilia guy because I don't get. I mean, I get it, but I don't think I'm that much into it to where it bothers me that I I don't have Tom Brady's, you know, Super Bowl jersey. I don't know. Yeah, not too many people are really too concerned with it, Sonny. I mean, I'm sure it is worth a lot of money, but uh, but for, to, for the risk that they're taking as far as, you know, getting caught with that thing. Like exactly, yeah. Is, is that I mean, something crazy. you really want to do? Like, yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what it is. It's very crazy, extremely crazy. As, like, why would you even risk that? It makes no sense to me. But then again, I am who I am. I, you know, I don't worry about that kind of stuff. Now, one last question: That is not football off the air. Russell Wilson is he the NBA's MVP? Uh, Russell Westbrook, you mean? Um, I mean, yeah, Westbrook, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't see how anybody else is even, I mean, LeBron is obviously a conversation every year for him, but. Well, he's been injured, so I, I, I take away from that. Isn't he, hasn't he not been playing lately, or he missed some games and stuff? Oh, he's been resting, Sonny. He needs his rest. Oh, he, oh, he's been resting. Yes, he's resting. But here's here's an interesting <laughs> quote, though. Here, I'm going I'm to I'm pull up a quote that uh, LeBron said himself. Uh, well, well, okay. Let me find it. Let me see. Let me find it. I've got to find it. It was something along the lines of... of you know, injury, which leads me into something else, um, which I thought was pretty interesting. Where, why can't I find this quote? Um, oh gosh, now now I feel bad because I don't have this thing pulled up right away, Tony. Um, but it, it it was it was a quote that that LeBron James made, and it has to do with. Um, Injuries, and he, you know, he said that. In other words, part of uh, the season that he's having right now is because of certain injuries that he's having. So, really, what that tells me is, I wonder if his body is starting to break down. Well, that's an interesting point because sooner or later that was going to happen, and it's been one of my things as far as he was concerned. They, the minutes this guy puts in. Now, I, I'll, hey, listen, listen. He gets paid a lot of money. I don't feel bad that he puts in a lot of minutes. I, I don't feel bad for him feeling like he has to. I, and, and that's fine. He gets paid millions of dollars. I, hey, 
listen, I'd want him out on the basketball court as much as possible. I, and, and let's be honest. Listen, we can talk about how great LeBron James is, okay? But the Heat were, were, able, or were willing to throw him away. One of, the best, one of the best players to ever play a game were willing to let him go, Cuervo, okay? So, and, and listen, Pat Riley is not stupid, okay? If, if this was something that was huge to Pat Riley, that he felt that they needed to have LeBron James on that team to be successful, which maybe they did need it, but maybe Pat Riley decided to go a different route for a reason, more so than the fact that he's the greatest. I mean, I, listen, I'm, I'm going to put it out there. They're 1-1A one and one a with, with Michael and LeBron. Obviously, you know, Michael's got all the awards and stuff like that. But as far as, you know, putting it out there and everything else, you know, the, the fact of the matter is, and I'll give it to him, he puts in the minutes, Cuervo, there's no question. And really, if you think about it, this is really the first year that he really ever kind of really rested going into the playoffs. If you really think about it, look at his career, this is the first time we're even talking about LeBron James resting. Mm-hmm. No, that, that, that's very true. That's a good point to me. But, um, that might, that might not, go to what you're saying about his injuries and stuff, too. Maybe, they, maybe they're catching up to him. Because let's be honest, the Cavaliers are going to be in, in, in the uh, conference championship uh, series. So they're going to be playing someone to get to the NBA finals is what I'm saying. Yeah, I found it funny. Here we go. Now, it doesn't, spe- it doesn't specify any injury in particular, but what, what it says is he says that this has, been, this has been one of the most challenging seasons of my career. LeBron mentions injuries as major obstacles for the Cavaliers this year. So, one of the most challenging seasons, he said, of his career because of injuries. So, again, my, my question is, I wonder if, that, if he's trying to say that his body is starting to break down because it's a challenge I agree. to... They, that's to what it sounds like to me. Home. Yeah, anytime anybody says that something is a challenge, it's because, that, you know, it's, it's something they've never dealt with before or that they, they don't know what the outcome is going to be or, or they have to push themselves to certain limits they've never pushed before. And It's know, either age, age or injury, Cuervo, right? It usually boils down to. Well, it could be both, though. It could be injuries due to his age and yeah, miles that he's put on his body. You, you think you think about what he's put his body through. That's any basketball player. But when you're talking right. about a guy like LeBron, obviously there's more focus on it, and you know that's that's what everybody's thinking about is you know maybe maybe he's only got a couple of years left where he's playing at the level that we're used to seeing him play at. Right. So it's interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. And and back in February, I, this stat stood out to me where I remember it, which I don't remember stats very well. You know, but I remember it was like towards the end of February. You know, the the quote was it stuck in my mind. They were four, they were four and nineteen without LeBron James in the lineup. Four and nineteen. 
So that was another, the number that caught me was the fact that he didn't pay, play in 23 games at, at that time. So that, that's another thing. He's dealing with a lot of things that he hasn't. It, it's got to be age. It's got to be injuries. It's got to be a combination of both. Because I'm going to tell you right now, LeBron James not playing 24. He has, obviously now since it's been February, it's not March. He's played in more than not 25 games a season. I, you know, I can't remember before this season when he's missed that many games. I don't think he's ever missed that many games. I don't think he has that either. So this is the most that he's ever missed. I think. Yeah. Should be interesting. Should be interesting. Well, and now we're moving into the playoffs, and so we'll be we'll do next week. Let's rank our quarterbacks next week. Where they are, you know, is Matthew Stafford number four? I think he's number four in my book. Well, I'll look at more of that. Uh, we'll talk about the playoffs because we're getting close to NBA playoff time. Um, and so we'll be talking about that. And, of course, we'll talk more NFL outside of just picking who's going to be where as far as quarterbacks are concerned. So we'll because if you say whatever you want, the NFL, it's an all-year-round thing. So we'll do that ne- next week, Cuervo, because, you know, I, I'm, I, as far as I know, I'm going to be here. And as of right now, if I don't if, if I don't work, we should kick this thing off at noon so you get enough rest and everything else, and then we can knock it out. Okay, sounds good, Sonny. I look forward to it. Yeah, so um, we'll be doing that uh, later this week. Of course, inside the CIF with Sonny Clark, we'll be doing that and um, in, in any kind of breakthrough during that time. Um, and we'll also go ahead and, and – and bring it out. We'll go ahead and get set for the um, April twenty. You said April twenty second, right, Cuervo, for the uh, for the uh, draft uh, show. Twenty seven. Twenty seven. Let me write that down. I put two. Oh no, my two just looks like a seven. So that's going to do it for us here on the couch potato sports. That being said, it's our Sunday morning tradition. Hope everybody has a great week. We're out of here. We'll see you next week and later on this week for Inside the CIF. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.